Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. So, lots to talk about. Uh, Apparently, Americans are teenage kids. We'll talk about that. All Americans, teenage kids, according to the federal government, or at least one bureaucrat in the federal government. We'll get to the details. It's really not a surprise. They're just admitting how they really think of you. Uh, But first, I've got a little dilemma here, Mark. Maybe you can help me with it. Is this a personal problem? No, not really. I don't know. It's kind of a a business decision. A business decision. Okay, so... Oh, uh, wait a second. You don't make business decisions. I make business decisions. <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Um, so we get people approaching us to, you know, they're in a band, like a libertarian band, right? Yeah. They'll, they'll approach us from time to time. Hey, guys, we got this great music. Will you use it in, on your show? And usually the answer is, no, I don't really think that much about the music beds on this program I mean, they just they exist for the purpose of getting us from a break to the next segment. We don't really focus on them like a lot of shows will just they'll run a music bed. And that's that's the term for music underneath where when you talk, but uh, they'll run one of their music beds and just let it fly for a minute and then come in and they'll they'll talk like they're having fun playing their favorite songs, which is fine. But on this show, we just want to get to the content. So that's why you'll usually hear us just jump right in. So music beds for me, I haven't changed them in years. And I, I'm not actually planning on changing the music beds, but that's usually when the bands will approach us and they'll say, hey, we're a libertarian rock band. Will you have our music on there? Well, it doesn't matter. Does it matter if I have your music on? Because we're not identifying the music. So it's not like no, it's not like anybody's going to know who it is that, uh, that we're utilizing, right? Unless they maybe go to the BBS and search for one of the music bed threads and find out. You'd have to really go through some steps to, to figure out what that is. Some people care. So... I'm thinking about this as I'm watching this new libertarian rap video today. Have you seen this yet? No. Okay. <laughs> it's great. And I'm not a big rap, you know, I'm not a big rap guy. I'm not necessarily into to that, but I like a, a variety of of uh, music and I can certainly appreciate If it's good, uh, it's rap. good. Yeah, I can certainly appreciate rap. And it's called I Own Me and it's uh it's up right now. The there was the Lou Rockwell blog has it listed at this moment. Okay. Uh, that's how I found it today, and, and I got in touch with the the guy that did it. And I'm going to take some of his video. I'm going to take his video and put it on the local cable access station. But I was just thinking, well, you know, I'm sure this guy wants exposure, just like any other person wants exposure for their band. Should I be even thinking about interviewing this uh, this individual? Because then is that opening the Pandora's box of well, you gave it uh, an interview to the Nima V, which is his his DJ name, or it's his rap star name, I guess. You gave an interview to him, but uh, why don't you give give one to us? Kind of like having a politician on the show. Oh, you interviewed Ron Paul. Now you have to interview Peter Schiff or whatever other uh, liberty-oriented politician of the moment uh, there, well, there might be. I don't be. think that that's true in the same way that news um, – well, in, it, for the news story, they, they might report the first guy to uh, propel himself to the moon via his own yeah. flatulence. However, once he's done it, then uh, you know somebody else does it and the next person does it and the next person does it. They're not going to report it until the youngest person does it or the first woman to do it. You know, they, That's how they do it. So it's news – when you feel it's news, yeah. it's your show, and you get to decide from a programming standpoint who's on and who's not. I, I think liberty-oriented rap has been done before. But, but I must admit that you are throwing the, uh, the, the stake out to uh, George, our, caller, our, our nightly caller here recently, who's been calling us bigots. Stake. 
Well, if it's a, if it's a black guy that does the rap, I don't know. I mean, no, actually, <laughs> it's a Middle Eastern looking gentleman. Oh, uh, it's, it's it. probably just as big of a problem. Which is really it's kind of cool because he's got the uh, the Middle Eastern appearance, and obviously many Americans are frightened of um, of Middle Eastern men. And he's okay. talking about some very radical ideas about owning oneself. That it's does very, seem that, it's very powerful. Yeah. It's very cool. Uh, either way, I'm, he could I'm, be being investigated this very moment by the uh, the federal government. You, know, you think they've pulled some of the investigators off of our case and put it on <laughs> no, his? I don't know. Okay, uh, but, but but what do you think? I mean, I see what you're saying, Mark. You're saying that it's we're saying this guy's news, but is he the first liberty-oriented rap person? I don't think so. Maybe. I, I believe there have been other liberty-oriented but raps uh, in the past. To some extent, it's what inspires you. It's yeah. what move touches and inspires you to do what you want to do, and you seem to to like this and. I, you know, I I admit there's going to be some there's going to be some issues. People with bands are going to say, "Oh, you interviewed yeah. him." It it seems to me like liberty oriented rock bands are kind of like a dime a dozen in this movement. Is okay, it, is it just me? I mean, you you normally hear about the rock bands. I mean, of course there are the big name ones like Rush, well, right? Yeah. Uh, but there are also lots of little liberty oriented Green Day also gets credit usually out there too. So you hear you hear about them, and they make the the rounds at the the various different liberty events, things like that. And that's that's cool. I mean, there's definitely a place for that. But I think that everybody knows that rock's on the way out, right? What? And I, I like rock and roll. Rock's on the way out. Rock has been on the way out, right? Rock has just kind of declined over time, hasn't it? I don't know. I believe that to be the case. It's just not as popular as it used to be. So I mean, what's, on, what's on the increase? Uh, the, 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 the teenage girls that do the overlay voice thing? where it's I haven't the slightest idea. But I, 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 know that, that I know that rap is more popular than rock and roll. Okay. Amongst the young generation. We're talking about... Maybe, you know, I, I don't know. We're talking about the up-and-comers. We're talking about the generation Ys, the generation whatever the hell the next one is. Z. The aughts, the Zs or something. I don't know what... The, have they come up with a name for the... Uh, yeah, there's uh, the sexual... Whoever's app, next. I've already looked it up on Wikipedia, but it's not coming off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, well, so I think amongst them, it, this sort of music is a little bit more popular. And getting the the message of freedom out to those folks, I think that somebody like the Nima V would be more effective at it simply because he's creating the kind of uh, music that's being consumed by America's youth. I, you know, I, I, I say interview whoever you want to interview. If you thought it was good music, you should interview him. And you've always been pretty good about telling people, look, I don't want to do the interview. And yeah, okay. All right. Well, I just, just wanted to run it's just it by gonna, yeah. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. as, as the show gets more popular, that's what you're going to deal with more and more is you're going to get Instead of ten for every um, ten people asking you for an interview for every one you accept, you're going to get a hundred, and it's just going to get that much more difficult. At some point, you're going to hire somebody to uh, to be the heavy and say no, no, no. And that's one of the reasons why it's nice not doing a lot of interviews on this this program because it's it's really easy to just say to people. Well, sorry, we don't really do interviews on this program, so you might want to remove me from your prospects list and never call on me again. No. Because typically when we, get, uh, when, we, when we want to have somebody on, we're the ones looking for them. Because when you're in the radio business and you're doing a syndicated talk program, even if you're, I think you're doing just a local talk program, if you get your name listed with one of the listing services out there, there's, there are these media listing agencies that will essentially list all the different stations and talk shows and you know who the producer is for each one because there are so many people out there that are looking for interviews. You know, They want you to interview them about their book, about whatever the hell, some political thing in D.C. or in the case of like one of the overnight shows, the kooky uh, sideshow stuff. 
they're always contacting uh, radio show producers about it. And so it's nice having the, the response of, well, sorry, we don't really do interviews on this show. Even though we do interviews on this program, it's not an interview-focused show. It's a show that allows you to call in and bring up anything. And the toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. So I, I figured I'd meet kind of in the middle on this. I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll have the name of Eon. We'll talk about producing music and uh, bringing the, the Liberty message to the rap scene and how prevalent it is. I think that would be kind of in, interesting. Maybe we'll have him on for a few minutes and do that. Uh, but... 800-259-9231 is the number. That allows you to take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. The story out of the Wall Street Journal, and this is one of those stories that really shows the the federal government in a, in a moment of honesty, a brief moment of honesty. Normally you don't expect that from the federal government. You don't expect that from anyone in government. But in this case, when it comes to greenhouse gas emissions... Energy Secretary Stephen Chu sees Americans as unruly teenagers and the administration as the parent that will have to teach them a few lessons. This is about greenhouse gases? That's correct. Oh, boy. Speaking on the sidelines of a smart grid conference in Washington, whatever that is, Dr. Chu said he didn't think average folks had the know-how or will to change their behavior to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. I agree with him entirely. Um, The fact is, uh, what Mr. Chu isn't telling you here is that you could do more for the environment by driving uh, a Hummer and eating only vegetables, being a vegetarian, than you could by eating a hamburger and driving a Hyundai. I'd like you to explain that here in a few moments. 800-259-9231. And we'll let Mr. Chu speak for himself uh, with (laughs) a very fun quote in a moment. Your calls about anything, if you make them, it's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll free at 800-259-9231. That is if you teenagers can figure out how to dial your phones. 800-259-9231 because that's what the federal government considers you is a teenager. We'll get to uh, the rest of that story here in a few moments. I want to invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features. They're all free, including a Facebook profile. You can go and become a fan at facebook.freetalklive.com. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. And uh, you can... I, I finally figured out, Mark, how to set my Facebook to where I can reveal some of the info, the private info publicly. And hopefully dissuade people from sending me an invitation. Okay. Sending me a friend invitation. Why? What did you? Well, it's just private information you're sharing publicly to dissuade people from wanting to be your friend. Well, I wrote in there. Please just be a fan on the Facebook page for Free Talk Live at facebook.freetalklive.com because I only want my friends list on Facebook to be people that I actually am aware of and know, hopefully in real life, that kind of thing. Because um, it's just that's how I want my my page to be. You accept requests from everybody, Mark, but you're going to have a tough time when you reach 5,000 and uh, they stop you from doing that. You can't have more than 5,000 you friends? Can, not at this time on Facebook. You cannot have more than 5,000. So uh, so I'm planning for that. And that's that's why I'm rejecting everybody that, that sends me a request if I don't know who that person is. And inevitably, this is one of those things where you just can't please everybody, right? No. 
And so some people seem to be appreciative of the fact that I've taken the time to write a response to them saying, hey, I want to make you aware of um, the Facebook page, and I'm sorry that I'm not accepting friend requests from people that I don't know. Basically uh, trying to be very nice about rejecting someone. Right? Uh-huh. That's not an, it's never an easy process to, to reject somebody, right? Especially somebody who's saying, will you be my friend on Facebook? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, but no, here's what you can do. You can be a fan on my profile. I hope that's good enough. I hope you'll understand. And I was trying to be as, as nice as I could. But a couple of people have taken issue with the fact that one guy said that it wasn't even important enough for – he didn't consider Facebook important enough for me to even write back on something like that. And I said, well, why are you writing me in the first place? If it's not important, why are you even spending this time to express how you feel about this? Why are you suggesting that I'm arrogant? Because he said that he thought I was arrogant because I took the time to write back. Uh, now, honestly, I'm not typing every single one. I'm copying and pasting something that i But I've, you're taking the time written, to do it. Taking the time to do that. And it's not easy because Facebook doesn't allow you to do several in a row. So you have to pause and wait while you do another one because they can, they've got like little timers that figure out if you're typing too fast and sending messages too fast. So I spent several hours yesterday doing this process and somebody got up, uppity at me for it. So now I'm just thinking maybe I should just hit the ignore button. Now that people can look at my profile and it says, please don't send me a request, maybe I'll just hit the ignore button. That way, I, I don't know. Is that going to make people more angry? I'm trying to mi- minimize the know. anger and the frustration that people might feel at not being able to be I don't think allowed into the loop there. know that they've been ignored necessarily. You know, like uh, basically you send the request and then when it gets uh, accepted, you get an email. So You don't get, you don't get a rejection email if, right, there's if no it rejection says you were ignored? Email. Okay, no. well, that's good to know. So anyway, Facebook.freetalk. Yeah, Facebook.freetalklive.com is where you can go to get on board there. Uh, Stephen Chu from the Energy Department and the federal government has said that you are a teenager. In fact, the exact quote is, The American public, just like your teenage kids, aren't acting in a way that they should act, said Dr. Chu. The American public has to really understand in their core how important this issue is. And what he's talking about is the reduction of so-called greenhouse gas emissions. Now, you had said something that sounded a little confusing. What were you getting at? Well, he said um, that uh, Americans uh, basically would simply not do what it took in order to reduce greenhouse gases to an, an effective amount or whatever. Does that sound about right? Uh, yeah, you said they'd have to be taught a few lessons. They're unruly teenagers. Well, I, I don't know about that. Not that part. That wasn't what you read when I agreed. Okay. Um, but essentially that they Americans wouldn't do what it takes. And here, here's what it takes, okay? Forget about the driving, um, you know, carbon, uh, you know, your carbon footprint and all that stuff. The fact is carbon's nothing as far as greenhouse gases go compared to methane. And methane is produced from the anal orifice of a large bovine creature. Okay. Don't human beings also produce? Sure, uh, but the humans don't weigh what cows do. Yeah. So if you want to cut Some down... Some do. Yeah, it would be very, very rare, human. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they probably got that way by eating lots of cows. Um, gotcha. And, and other things. So if you want to cut down on uh, dramatically on your, your greenhouse gas footprint, you need to not not drive your car. You need to stop consuming beef, especially beef. 
hopefully animals in general. I mean, I suppose you could cut down to furry little kittens and have kitten steaks instead, mm. and that would probably, you know, I mean, uh, you'd consider that uh, for also that the kittens have the added advantage that they aren't indigenous to the North American continent. So you're, um, you know, you can cut down on other competing species that are that the, mm. the kittens are competing for food for or whatever. They're overpopulated too, yeah, cats. Absolutely. So and it's true. The Humane Society is chuck full of cats. Got killing have them. Very many many dogs. So they, you probably you have to kill them if you if you right. have too many cats somebody got to die right basically. so so you right. might as well eat cats instead of cows it's not a bad idea i'm really just kidding the um oh, no it's really not a bad idea i mean it's it's a tough it's a down economy right people are having a tough time maybe it's time to consider going out and into the woods and cat you know catching some cats maybe some of the strays around the neighborhood the the real people come up on the barbecue grill the people that want uh greenhouse gases reduced invite the neighbors over really in fact want you to stop eating animals entirely it's it's the it's the industry industry of producing animals for food that uh, bothers them the most i don't know how many animals would live on the land that the animals that are produced for food would live on otherwise and how much methane methane they would produce but that's what they want they want you to eat soybeans and as good as soybeans might be in your miso soup they're not going to be very satisfying if americans have to eat them constantly and so he's correct. Americans aren't going to do what it takes in order to reduce greenhouse gases significantly. Well, he's got a plan. Oh, good. The administration aims to teach them, literally. Uh-huh. The Environmental Protection Agency is focusing on real children, partnering with the parent-teacher organization. The agency earlier this month launched a cross-country tour of 6,000 schools. It's a lot of schools. To yeah. teach students about climate change and energy efficiency. EPA administrative bureaucrat said, we are showing people across the country how energy efficiency can be part of what they do every day, confronting climate change, saving money on our utility bills, and reducing our use of heavily polluting energy can be as easy as making a few small changes. And you know, I don't see anything wrong with the idea of saving on your utility bills. I mean, that's a a sensible thing to do. Sure. People uh, need to save money. One of the ways they can do it is turn off some damn lights in the house. I think there's some sensible things that uh, that can be done. But that said, if you can afford to pay your energy bills, it's not like anybody's going to run out of energy anytime See, soon. See, this is, this is where it all sort of falls. Uh, this is the, the socialists. They can't help but think in a socialized fashion. They believe that the energy on the planet is their energy, our energy. This is you're using up our fossil fuels. You're burning our gasoline. Well, it's Stop Exxon's fuel and whoever right, else. Right. It belongs to whomever it belongs to. Now, I agree that it's good to save on your electric bills, but that electricity that I use in order to do what I want is mine, and I get to decide whether or not I want to use it. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231, but as usual, they're targeting the children of America to attempt to I guess bring their parents into uh, to line here. Maybe they'll recruit them into some new federal agency like they're doing with the Girl Scouts. By the way, it's Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets 50 bucks for... Everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. 500 bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on free inspection and estimate in the upper right-hand corner, fill out the online form, earn FTL 50 bucks. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, and they're all free, so enjoy those on us. At uh, bbs.freetalklive.com, that'll take you to our bulletin board system, but freetalklive.com will get you access to the entire site. It's all free. Freetalklive.com. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. And Audible has over 60,000 titles from which to choose. So enjoy, because in every genre, Audible has it covered. You can get your free audiobook download by signing up today at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. By the way, I haven't made up my mind on the whole Facebook thing, so if you want to give me your input on whether or not, how should I handle ignoring people on uh, on Facebook? Not because I think that uh, you're not cool people that are uh, instant messaging me with your friend requests, but just because, you know... Curious how you think. What 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 should I do in this case? What would you do if you were me? Would you send a re- nice rejection letter to folks, or would you just hit the ignore button? 800-259-9231. Let's go to Steve in Florida. You can bring up anything. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Steve. Steve in Florida, going once. Steve in Florida. Hello. You are hello, on hello. the air. Hello. Hey, you're on the um, air. Go ahead. Yes, uh, I was listening to the podcast. And I uh, was actually going to call about something else tonight, but this so infuriated me that I had to call about it when you guys talked about the premature baby that they let die in England. Oh, yeah. Healthcare for everybody. Yeah. Well, I have. I come from a uh, uh, kind of a long line of uh, women who worked with babies in maternity wards. So I started calling my grandmother, who's 80-something years old, who worked in maternity wards from just after World War II all the way up until she retired. I asked her, I said, how long, how premature could a baby be back then in the 1950s, uh, you know, 40s and 50s, 60s? How premature could this child be and you would expect it to live? And she said, you know, if it was earlier than about 32 weeks, pretty much just wrap that baby up in paper and put her on a shelf because it's not going to live. I mean, obviously this isn't, I'm, I'm not saying this is what they literally did. They, obviously they tried, but it was they just knew it was a foregone conclusion this kid was going to die if it was earlier than about 32 weeks. Okay. And now, uh, now fast forward, you know, uh, 40, 50 years, and they can save babies as early as about 20 or 21 weeks if, if they're born uh, at that point in the uh, gestation period. Not the gestation, but the... Uh, right. Uh, yeah, I guess it's gestation, isn't it? It's probably um, not cheap. I'm sure it's a relatively expensive process oh, sure. yeah, to it's, save it's a baby expensive, like that. But but the, the, the larger point is, under the English socialized system, they are never going to learn how to save a baby yeah. that is earlier than 23 weeks or whatever it is, whatever the cutoff, the arbitrary cutoff point is. There, there, there's never going to be a motive for anybody to ever develop the technology to save babies young, born earlier than that, because why would you bother? They wouldn't be allowed to implement these procedures uh, and techniques and new equipment and new drugs and so forth. Right. They wouldn't be allowed to do this anyway. They don't so have the bother? incentive. If, they if, if they had that same standard back in the 1950s in the United States or anywhere in the in the Western world, they would have said, "Up, oh, 32 weeks is the cutoff," and we would right now be living in a situation where at 32 weeks, if a kid was born at 31 weeks, forget it, wrap right. that kid up and throw him in the garbage can because he's not going to live anyway. Um, and, well, it wouldn't and, matter. They it, wouldn't it, get paid any extra if they saved the kid. 
That's right. They don't have a pro- nobody has a profit-seeking motivation, as Harry Brown would say. Uh, Harry Brown, the former libertarian candidate and radio show host, you and I, Ian, are big fans of him. I think Mark is too. Yes, yep. one of my, uh, one and, of my. I don't, you know, I didn't get a chance to really know Harry, but I still consider him a mentor, even if uh, he didn't really know who I was. As, as do I. Yes, exactly. And that's what he would say. He would say that you don't have a. If the arbitrary cutoff point was the same as it was back in 1950, if it had been established, let's say, in 1950, and back then it was 32 yep. weeks, was approximately the 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 amount of prematureness that you could be born with. Um, then that would be it, and we'd be living with that today. Right, they probably... And right now, today, uh, there is a kid somewhere who was born at 20 weeks who is now a teenager. He was born in the early 1990s. Yep, great point. And he is alive with no blindness, no mental retardation, or anything like that. And in England, there you will never see a situation like this. Nobody will ever even bother to develop that technology. This is absolutely infuriating to me. Sure. Brilliant it's, call, Steve. Yeah, it makes perfectly good sense. If you think about driving a car at 55 miles an hour versus driving a car at 100 miles an hour, you know that there's a difference in the way that the vehicle handles. However, uh-huh. if they put a governor on um, every vehicle, if they made it a, uh, a law that every vehicle, even race cars or whatever, had to have a governor at 85 miles an hour, nobody's ever going to know how to drive a car at 100 or 120 because they'll never have gotten one up to that speed. Right, and, and the car wouldn't be able to handle it anyway, likely. Yeah. Yeah. Great points tonight. Um, yeah, any other thoughts? If I could, really quickly, uh, sure. this dude, George, who's been calling in from New Mexico, uh, I really want to dwell on this guy. He's gotten already more attention than he deserves. Uh, it, basically, I think that you could sum up his entire, all of his calls just by saying, uh, you know, as if you're him, I'm more, uh, I'm less racist than you. I, I'm, it's like the self-congratulatory thing that he's got going on, you know? I'm not he, sure that's true. I, I don't know. I, I'm so un, I am so not racist that I can point out the racism even in Ian and Mark who claim that they're not racist. It may be that he's trying to point out our racism. That much is true. He's, he's doing our very best. His very best. Which to, I, wanted, I will not admit to being right. racist. I, there's no evidence sure. that I'm racist. I think that human beings are human beings. But um, mm-hmm. he's trying to he's trying to point it out, and um, I I don't know, however, if he's uh, more or less racist than we are. There's never been any evidence for that. He doesn't like to answer questions. Sure, but I, I just that's just what I get when I when I listen to his his calls. I, I just get the feeling that that's his whole like mission in calling you guys is to say, see, look at me, I'm less racist than these guys. I th- I feel like it's see, look at me, I can bust free talk live. Look how inconsistent they are. I think he was trying to uh, to point out inconsistencies in our viewpoints, and I don't think right. I don't think he did a very good job. Thanks for the call tonight, Steve. I appreciate sure. hearing from you. Good points. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Uh, we'll go. Yeah, I would admit, Mark, to uh, to having some prejudice, and I think that's built in from society, and it's it's poisoning that I'm uh, I'm doing my best to get over. But that's different from being racist, don't you think? I don't know. You know, I it, I, I think that uh, if you treat people badly based on their race, that's racism, right? I don't know if it's necessarily how you treat someone, but it's certainly what you say about them. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you could treat them fine, but saying nasty things behind closed doors, you're still a racist. Yeah. I think we've pointed out on the show that uh, that, that some people in government positions, particularly sort of redneck cops, um, you know, like to, to pick on people because of their race. Okay. And it seems pretty clear to me that that's true. I might be wrong, but, uh, you know, whatever. Are there racists who uh, have, mel- uh, you know, are, are black or Mexican or whatever? Absolutely. Yeah. However, it's unlikely that those people are in power. They may be, but I mean in the United States. And 
I can buy them, you know, I'm in the United States. That's really the only place I can count, I, I can really talk about. I certainly don't believe in, in racism for, against anyone for anything, but, you know, whatever. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Scott is in Winnipeg. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on I your mind today? I think Ron Paul said it best when he said, uh, I saw a video clip of him one time where he said, uh, having libertarian principles is the opposite of racism, because racism is a generalization, whereas libertarian principles, you see people as individuals first. So if you can take hold of that sort of seeing people as individuals, then you can get over racist tendencies. Well, but also, what, but what George was trying to bust us on was that while we would say something like that, at the same time, we've certainly been guilty of putting people into groups on this, this program sure, to, you know, to like more easily accent, communicate. You know, yeah. it's, not, it's not racist to put someone in a group. It's racist to consider everybody who has a similar quality uh, essentially to be the same. I think yeah, that's, like, that's the problem, and, and to be you know, certainly negative uh, towards them for that. Well, actually, you know, that made me, I, I called about something else, but this actually made me some, think of something, is that recently in Winnipeg here, uh, there was a, a fellow, uh, this kid was, was walking across a bridge, and he fell off the ridge and went, fell in the river. And um, also, are you going to We'll tell the rest in a moment. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> 800-259-9231. Someone falling into a river. We'll find out where that's going. It uh, doesn't sound like fun, though, especially if it's cold. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything, racism, prejudice, anything you want. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800 259 9231 Ian with you today. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Features including the archives, the wiki, the Shrine of Female Listeners. We give it all away at freetalklive.com. Check out the Low Country Liberty Report. Uh, this ridleyographer from Savannah, Georgia, focuses on pro freedom issues from around the country. Liberty oriented reports for liberty minded folks. He doesn't pretend to be unbiased or in his reporting and tries to add a little humor to every report. Find his visit videos at lclreport.com. That's lclreport.com. You can join his uh, Facebook group or, or Twitter. All right. We're going to continue with your phone call. Scott is on the line in Winnipeg. You were beginning to tell us a story about someone falling into a river. Go ahead and pick that up, please. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, we were talking a little bit about racism and sort of putting people in groups. So the point of the story is that this happened back in May. There was uh, some kids playing on a bridge, and one of them fell into a river, and it's uh, not the most pleasant river, we'll say. Sewage and stuff goes in there. Yeah. And there was a fellow that was hanging by the sides of the river, and he jumped in and saved this kid from drowning. And then about two weeks ago, uh, same bridge, same river, another person. Uh, I, I don't know exactly how they got in there, but they were in trouble again. Same guy rescues another person. Now, the kicker wow. is that this guy, the reason why he happened to be by the river is because he lives by the he river. He's a homeless man. Mm-hmm. And he is someone that a lot of people in my town would just walk by and think is another drunk Indian. That's exactly the words that a lot of people would use. Mm-hmm. Right. But he, he saved two lives. And um, it goes to show that, you know, when you just view people in these huge collective groups, you don't see them for the individuals that they really are. Yeah. And I think that that's sort of the point of seeing people as individuals rather than putting them in these big collective groups that aren't really justified. Some groups are just for sure, you know. 
uh, liberals, conservatives, you know, if they self-identify, sure. But it's when, when you place people in these groups, you, you don't get to see them as having that individual worth. That's what can lead to racism and violence and all these things that I think aren't so great. If I self-identify as a drunk Indian, do you think anybody will take me seriously? Do you have some Indian in your, in your no, blood there, Mark? Not <laughs> Hey, thanks for the call. Great, great no thoughts problem. tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You know, this discussion, the discussion about racism slash prejudice, which, I, again, I don't think are the same thing at all, um, kind of reminds me of a time when I went to Louisiana when I was younger, probably about, probably about a decade ago at this point. Uh, back when I was doing network marketing, I'd gone to Louisiana by myself on a Greyhound bus uh, for a network marketing convention. That I was attending there. And I was in uh, uh, New Orleans, actually. And there are a lot of black people in New Orleans. A lot. There were. Of, uh, I don't know if there still are. there were? I don't uh, good, good point. This was pre-flood, again, ten, about 10 years ago. And, you know, I'm 19, 18 years old, something like that, walking around New Orleans all, all by myself and enjoying myself. And nice old city. And there was one point at which I was coming back from one of the the events, and I had a I got a really cheap hotel out on the outskirts of uh, New Orleans mm-hmm. because well I don't didn't have a lot of money and didn't want to spend a whole lot of money living the you know to uh, to hotel right up in the center of town. Oh yeah. And so I was getting on a bus at very very late at night, and the entire bus was filled with uh, with black people, and for me it was like one of those moments like wow. You know, I shouldn't feel uncomfortable here. I, I shouldn't feel uncomfortable. But I felt kind of uh, yeah, like the fish out of water to, to some extent. And I shouldn't feel that way. And I know I shouldn't feel that way. And, of course, everything was fine. I mean, I got on, on the bus and uh, got through the bus ride and got off and everything was fine. Nobody mugged me or anything like that. Uh, but there's a certain, there's a certain experience that you're, you're taught when you're growing up. And it's that, you know... There, it's that prejudice. That's what well, I'm talking about. And uh, obviously, these are just individuals, and that's what I try to. Uh, that's what I, uh, I focus on judging people on, especially today. But it felt like, like, wow. Okay, this is me in the role of what a black person would have felt like had they gotten on a bus in the middle of New Hampshire, for instance. Uh, it's maybe to some extent. I, I, I don't it know. It was for me I at mean, least I, that time. I don't think that there's quite the uh, the the same the, the same sort of sort of danger feel, you know, to it. Well, how do you know that? I just don't think that they feel that way. I mean, it's just a guess. Okay, that's why I said I don't think. Um, the uh, I did have this conversation one time with a uh, a friend of my, uh, excuse me, a roommate of mine in prison who was black, and I said, you know, I, I, I try not to judge people based on their color and da, 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 you know the whole the whole white guy spiel on this thing, and um, then. You know, I said, but, you know, when I walk past a group of uh, young black guys on the on a street corner, I feel a little tense. And he said, shoot, so do I. <laughs> and so, <laughs> well, yeah, it was late at night and I was all alone and very, you know, young, skinny guy. So certainly wouldn't have been able to do anything. Had... He said that, you know, he he the, the, his statement and I'm not saying it's only that guy's statement, but he's, his statement was, um, you know, he'd feel more comfortable walking uh, by a group of uh, white teenagers on the corner in a white neighborhood than he would a black a group of black teenagers in a black neighborhood. Now, I, I assume he's not talking about his corner in his neighborhood. Right, and this was a a black guy. Yeah, this is a guy from you know from the the projects of Jacksonville. Gotcha. So just you know just kind of trying to give a real life example from from my life of uh, feeling very st- a little strange. He once asked me moment. if uh, every state had its own moon. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. We continue here uh, going unscreened to the amp line. You're on Free Talk Live. 
Hello, this is Gene, the racist Christian anarchist. Why are Why are you a racist? What's that mean? Well, I have I have admitted in the past that I'm a racist. I think everybody is a racist to some extent. In fact, I think it's foolish to uh, make such a big deal out of people claiming to, you know that they're racist. As long as you don't hurt people, as long as you're not out to but do people harm. <sighs> okay, go ahead with your thoughts. Uh, you know that. See, I acknowledge that the races are different, and in that. Uh, just in acknowledging that today, people will label you racist. Now, I don't go just so far as to say that they're different in the way they look. Races are absolutely different. I mean, I live with a Chinese woman. I go to China. But I that's not that racism. Chinese... That's not racism. No, it's not. But people will label you as racist. Now, I'm going to I'm going to say that even the brains of certain races are different. Now, people are going to holler and scream and and complain about that. But I. I believe that the uh, the genetic differences go but, to the brain. But you've got to, what you've got to understand on this What's gene that mean? is I, I don't know what it means precisely. But what I'll you but it there's in a there's so much crossover between the races that races is a, race is essentially self-identified. You are what you believe yourself to be. Because um, the fact is, we had a co-host on this sh- black. on this show that was one, three, two or three percent black. He didn't know it, um, and so you know, I mean, is he? He then he made a bunch of jokes about us, uh, us, uh, you know, putting him down or whatever, keeping keeping him down. But um, you know, you know, I mean, I don't know how I don't know what race I am. I'm adopted. For all I know, I could be anything. But I happen to look white. They gave some gave me some papers, and somebody claimed that you know this was what, these were my races, but I don't know. Um, so, and, and my my own theory about racism is that uh, the races, the reason we have races at all, is is through genetic defects. Because whether you believe in evolution, such as some of you people, or creation, which is what I believe in, you still believe that there was one Eve at some point. There was one woman. That was the mother of the human race. Now, at that point, there is no black and white. So, all wait, 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 isn't that presumptive? I think you're presuming something. I there. think that's you're what presum- science believes. I think he's right. Really, science believes yeah. there was an original Eve that I, there weren't. Yeah. I mean, if if evolution could uh, so, could happen, couldn't it happen in different places at the same time or relatively at the same time? You got to read the science journals. It, no, so I haven't. <laughs> The evolutionists also believe in a common ancestor, a common woman who is the mother of all race. So it doesn't matter whether you believe in evolution or creation, you still are stuck with all the races coming from one genetic beginning. Now, that means that all the races are Well, that's are if you believe in genetic. evolution or uh, the other option. I think there can be some other options, don't you? Okay, so find another option. But what I'm saying is for 99% of the people listening to your audience yeah. right now, they're going to believe in one or the other. Either way, you still have the same situation. You have one genetic gene pool that everybody came from. Now, in that regard, that means that every race that exists today exists due to inbreeding, and it's a genetic defect. If you took every race today and rebred them together, you would wind up with a closer match to what we started out as. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about the brain, because I do believe that there are differences in brain. And this is this idea is so politically incorrect. I mean, I might get thrown off the air. Sure is. But (laughs) but the fact is, Germans make the best machinists and engineers. Uh, Chinese and other Oriental races make the best mathematicians as a whole. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't exceptions. There's always exceptions. Black people 
do not make the best mathematicians. I'm sorry, but they make excellent basketball players. They're great at the track and field. And there I are excellent yeah. black mathematicians out there. There's not. I'm not saying there are no exceptions to this rule. I don't know if there are There rules, certainly are exceptions to Thanks for the call. I don't know that it's a rule either. Yeah, um, I don't know about that. I'm not going to yeah. jump on board with that one. I'm not ready to. I uh, think individuals are different, and there's all kinds of differences between them. More on the way here. Hour 2 is coming up. You can bring up anything, and we'll have a Middle Eastern gentleman on with us here in a few moments. Uh, a rap sensation, or maybe someday. It's Free Talk Live. As a small business owner, you know that communication between clients and employees is essential to your company's success. Email is part of your company's DNA. But you didn't get into business to manage email. It's time to evolve with DNAmail.com. Get Microsoft Exchange-hosted email services with free activation and setup, 24-7 support, and 99.99% guaranteed uptime, all starting at $8.95 a month. DNA Mail even supports your BlackBerry and iPhone and offers a free Microsoft SharePoint Internet portal to keep everyone connected. Look, you know what it costs to set up an email system. Don't blow your budget on fighting viruses and having an IT specialist on call. Save time and money with DNAmail.com. Every standard or unlimited exchange mailbox will get a free copy of Microsoft Outlook 2007 or Entourage 2008. Call us at 800-628-3204. That's 800-628-3204. Or visit DNAmail.com and join the evolution. Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's uh, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Going to take a moment to uh, talk to the Nima V, or actually, uh, do we call you Nima V or the Nima V? Uh, it's just Nima V. The the, the comes from uh, needing to find a, an appropriate uh, domain for YouTube. Got it. Nima V is with us, and we started the show out by talking about your rap video that hit LouRockwell.com's blog today. That's how I spotted it. I've just posted it over at uh, FreeKeen.com, which most of our listeners are familiar with. That's the blog that uh, that's the place I blog at, just to make it easy, because it's probably already getting buried in other posts over at LouRockwell. But FreeKeen.com, you can see your video, I Own Me. And the reason I had you on this program was because... In, in my opinion, liber- libertarian or liberty-oriented rock bands are kind of a dime a dozen out there. There's, there's an awful lot of them, and mm-hmm. I think that's great. I mean, rock and roll, it's what I grew up on, and I'm certainly very familiar with it, and, and I enjoy it. But the youth of today, just, they're not into rock and roll. I mean, that's, maybe yeah. there's some, a few segments of them that are, obviously, some, some subcultures are, are into it more than others. But rap and, and hip-hop and that uh, musical scene is definitely one of the top ones out there today. And so that's why I thought that your video, I Own Me, is, and, and the song, uh, I Own Me, is just outstanding. Um, and I'm not, a, I'm not an expert at, at listening to rap, but I, I certainly enjoyed it. And I just wanted to focus on, well, give you a little bit of exposure and, and also kind of talk about liberty-oriented media and uh, producing liberty-oriented music and getting it out to uh, to young people. But first, let's talk a little bit about you, Nima V. Uh, who are you and where are you from? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I grew up in Texas, and that's sort of where I got into the rap scene. 
um, you know, in Texas. I, I grew up in Houston, and everybody listened to rap. You know, DJ Screw, and and in the schools I went to, people rapped. You know, in high school, I was on the football team, and and on the way to every game, you know, there'd be people beaten on the back of the bus seats, and we we just freestyle, you know, improvise. And, mm-hmm. and I got into that, and and that's how I got into rap. And um, it sort of really coincided with me, and it hit me once I started reading Ron Paul and Lou Rockwell, and 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 really becoming a libertarian. Uh, I pretty much consider myself an anarcho-capitalist now. Yeah. And I thought rap, you know, it's really it's really compatible with libertarianism. Um, rappers are always and they're always talking about the prison state and the drugs, the drug war, and and it's all about not being a legal positivist. You know, doing what you have to do to survive. And that really rung true for me. And as a rapper, you know, I, I was into rap before I was into into libertarianism, but as mm-hmm. a rapper, I was always trying to find a way to speak from my soul and really have something to say. And I found that in libertarianism because that's what I believe in strongly. That's what I talk about to people, and so that's what I rap about. So, would you say that it, you mentioned Ron Paul, Lou Rockwell? Uh, would you say it was Ron Paul that brought you into the, this movement, or wh- who do you credit? Uh, I would like, like a lot of people you talk to these days, Ron Paul was sort of, I guess you could say, what brought me to Jesus. Uh, he sort of. <laughs> And by Jesus, I mean libertarianism and, 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 yeah. and believing in freedom. Um, my mom actually lives in his district, and he, she's a school teacher, and he came to her class, her second-grade class, and handed everybody out a constitution hmm. and talked to them about freedom and the constitution. And, and my mom just loved it because there was no constitution in, in her curriculum anyway. So it was, she thought it was a really great thing. And so I, I looked into it during the, the presidential campaign, and I read Foreign Policy of Freedom, and that had me hooked. Because foreign policy is always okay. Wait a minute. Point of inf- point, point of information. You uh, yeah. you were not in the second grade class, or were were no, you in no, the second I was, grade? I was not. I'm not that young. Uh, okay, no, but I was <laughs> but, just trying uh, to understand uh, if maybe you had encountered Ron Paul like a decade ago, or you know, two, however long ago second grade was for you. Obviously, it's probably a little more than a decade. But um, when did so you first encounter Ron Paul? Was it, was it the presidential campaign in which you first encountered him? Yes. Yes, okay. it was. Um, you know, the Democrats had sort of lost – I'd lost faith in them. Basically, during the 2006, when, when the Democrats took hold of the Congress and Nancy Pelosi was in office, and I was like, great, you know, now we can start getting out of, out of Iraq. And I realized <laughs> it was just the same old thing. And, sure and I started to look around for, for other alternatives, and, and Ron Paul's foreign policy of freedom just sort of hit me mm-hmm. like a ton of bricks, and it was so true. And I was so on board with him with all the foreign policy stuff, and I realized that the same philosophy that's behind his – anti-interventionist foreign policy is also behind everything else he does. The idea that when government gets involved, it creates a big mess, and it's it, it, it's not what you want to have. So um, was it like a YouTube video? Do you know? Do you remember exactly what it was that uh, brought you to Ron Paul? Just cu- just curious to the detail. Yeah, um, it was it was that story from my mom, and then and then okay. I read the book, gotcha. and then I, I got into it. I, I became a delegate for him, and and it just all took off from there. Excellent. Well, it sounds like you've gone down, uh, you know, kind of a similar road that I did, except I would say at an accelerated pace, which goes to what we've talked about on this program is that, Mark, you and I, it, it took us you know, a good decade to uh, to get to where we're at as far as understanding and, and embracing the ideas of, of freedom. But I've said that now that communication is so fast and we've got YouTube and we've got so many other uh, resources at our fingertips that uh, people can be advanced to, as you said, you call yourself an anarcho-capitalist. I would have called myself that maybe two years ago. I'd consider myself a voluntarist today, uh, which there's a lot of similarities, obviously, but I think it's the naming that for me is important. 
Yeah, uh, anarcho-capitalist sounds to some people like demon from hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of does. So, and a lot of times you say that, and people are like, "Wait, that doesn't make any sense." So, so you went. Capitalism, some sort of evil. Thing. But, but, but they both they they think both words sound like some kind of evil. Thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you went down a similar road, but it sounds like within a two-year time frame uh, to, to go down a road that took me seven or eight years uh, to go down. Uh, and when did you come from or when did you decide to leave the, the, the camp of minarchy and embrace the ideas of, uh, of true freedom and the absence of a coercive, uh, violent monopoly? Well, um, I guess the first book that started me along that path was probably Rockwell's The Left, the Right, and the State. There, there were a few chapters I found harsh, but when I really looked into them, they, they made a lot of sense. And then most recently, and this is sort of what helped to inspire the video, was um, Butler Schaefer's Boundaries of Order. When I realized that, you know, we can talk all day about why the government doesn't work in a lot of situations, or pretty much any situation. Um, but Boundaries of Order really brought sort of a scientific viewpoint that, that, that complex systems are inherently unpredictable, and you're unable to, to manipulate them. So it sort of inspired me that, that self-ownership and property rights are, are the, the, the structure that people need, but provide the freedom that people want. At one point in your video, you make reference to uh, that, that to essentially that that order comes out of chaos. You kind of reference that, that there really isn't yeah. chaos. It's just a very big pattern that we can't really s seem to figure out. Exactly. That is, that, that is exactly the point I wanted to make with that. Yeah, you got it. And that you don't need the kind of the, what it suggests, I think, is that you don't need some, uh, some government lording over people trying to create order out of what is already a natural order. There, there already is order there. The government, is, that the government somehow uh, allows for order in a, in a more enhanced way is, is really an illusion. Exactly. Yeah. To me, top down, the top down system is, is where the problem comes from. And, and when you spread out the decisions among a widespread group of people, then if one person makes a mistake, it's not multiplied across all those people. It's isolated in that one little area. So on an aggregate, the right decisions end up coming to the forefront and being made. So you've been uh, doing rap. Uh, you've been in, involved in that for how long? Oh, many years. Let's see. Um, I guess I wrote my first song uh, freshman year of college. I went to the University of Texas, so I packed up and moved from Houston to Austin. And everybody in Austin does music. Everybody's in a band or raps or does something. They mm -hmm. call it the, the live music capital of the world. So that was the way I sort of put myself into that position. Um, I, I started doing shows, um, I guess, senior year of college, you know, four years later. And I had a regular set on 6th Street, um, just a little 10-minute thing I did with, with one of my, my rapper friends. And um, so, yeah, um, I guess it's been about been in, years now. Yeah, you've been involved for a little while. It sounded good. Like I said, I'm not a rap expert, but for me, I enjoyed listening to it. You can see the video. You can listen to it at freekeen.com. Can you hang out for a few more minutes? I've got some more questions about the, you know, kind of the, your involvement in the, uh, the, the music scene and, and how this message is, uh, I guess, accepted. You got some time? Sure. All right, I more, got some time. more yeah. coming up here with uh, Nima V. If you've got a question for him, he is a liberty-oriented rap artist, and he's on the line with us. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher-quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can 
bring up whatever you want by dialing toll-free at 800-259-9231. Though if you've got a question for Nima V, he is with us, a rap, liberty-oriented rap singer, I guess you do you call it raps, uh, I guess rapper, <laughs> liberty-oriented rapper, see how out of the culture I am? Uh, 800-259-9231 is the number, but Nima V certainly is in the culture, and you've released uh, your single I Own Me on your YouTube channel, which is YouTube slash The Nima V, but the easiest way to find it is just go to freekeen.com. It's the top blog post there right now uh, at freekeen.com. I think it's a great video. First of all, the, the lyrical content is uh, is very good, and the video content, uh, co- I think, complements it uh, fairly well. And it looks like you put a lot of this... Uh, did you have a team working on this, or was it just you, Nima V, that, that put all this together? This was all me. I don't know if it's because I'm a control freak or just because um, I'm out here in the middle of nowhere now. But, um, yeah, I, I made the beat. I did the lyrics. I did the production, and then I... I got to, to editing it, and I, I learned some Photoshop techniques along the way and some different editing techniques, but um, yeah, it was all me. Well, they say if you want something done right, you should do it yourself, uh, so you certainly, it. certainly nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Um, so we've been talking about your involvement in the Liberty Movement. You discovered Ron Paul. Your mother was a teacher, is a teacher. at a Is it a government school she teaches at? She actually stopped. Um, she's pursuing a, a higher degree now. She wants to be a um, psychologist or something like that, I suppose. Um, so it was a government school, and her son was actually, and she actually took him out because she was experiencing problems with it. And she was experiencing problems as far as the curriculum goes. I guess they stopped teaching real math and did this thing called discovery math, and she just wasn't on board with it. So she had t- to leave. Mark, weren't you telling me about one of the special maths that they have now? What's that yeah, called? Radical ma- radical radical math. Yeah, radical math. Um, it's uh, the idea is in- incorporating social justice, which is just... A, a euphemism for stealing, um, <laughs> incorporating stealing into math. So, yeah, I can imagine why that would disturb somebody who uh, doesn't want the government to arbitrarily decide what they get to teach uh, teach people. I can totally understand that. Now, you'd actually mentioned you went to college. Uh, what did you did you get a degree in? And what was it in? Just a, I did. Um, I did a broadcast journalism degree at University of Texas. Oh, and you'd mentioned that you were working at a broadcast television station. I don't know if that's private information. I won't say where, in case it is. But uh, congratulations to you for actually putting a college degree to use in the field in which you uh, received it. A lot of people aren't able to do that. Well, thank you. Yeah, it took some time. I, I tried to explore other options and worked with a private production company for a while. But when the economy turned sour, you know, it was harder for the smaller outfits to keep up. Yeah. So um, I had to transition to small market network affiliate TV. And that's what you're doing uh, right now. So I guess to, to pay the bills. Can you? Do you see a, a way in the future to you know to actually profit at the the rap scene, or are you already? I'm not profiting. No, um, I don't know. I, I'd like to see a future. I mean, I think all of us who are artists would like to see something like that. Uh, I've always you know wanted to have a day job and pursue it on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if it takes off, it takes off, and and I'll keep pushing for it. Um, you know, one day I'd hope to have a blog and do opinion, news, journalism, and music all at once. Well, you can come up here to uh, New Hampshire. You can get on uh, one of our blogs up here. And I mentioned to you on the, the email that we were talking, in which we were conversing, and I'd, I'd mentioned the Free State Project, and you'd said you'd heard of it before. I have heard of it. And um, in planning my, my next move, my contract's up in about a year. I've 
been thinking about heading to New, New Hampshire. The, the fiance wants to go to Vermont, but I, I don't really know much about that area. So, um, well, they're not too far. You can live on one side of the river, and she can just go to Vermont. Yeah, we're, we live here yeah, in exactly. Keene, uh, which is the southwest corner of New Hampshire, which is just what twenty-five minutes away from Brattleboro, Vermont, a little town of uh, twelve thousand. But Vermont is nice. I mean, it's a pretty place, just like New Hampshire is a, is a pretty place. It's just that back in the 1970s, uh, socialists uh, moved into Vermont, and they've had quite an effect over there, which is one of the reasons why the Free State Project was created, was to give liberty-oriented people a destination, to bring as many, hopefully 20,000, or eventually 20,000, at this point it's been several hundred that have made the move so far, uh, liberty-oriented people all into the same geographic region. So if you're going to move to Vermont, you might as well just move to New Hampshire, we we have uh, some of the right. we have some of the best activists uh, in the entire world here in New Hampshire. Mark and myself moved up here back in 2006. Uh, we're Florida natives, and uh, so we we made the move up here, and it's been it's been the most amazing experience of my life. I mean, I don't know what kind of acti- uh, action or activism there is there in Wyoming or wherever it is you are in Wyoming, but uh, man, where well, I was in luckily, Sarasota, Florida, it was Wyoming, not very this is much. One of the reasons that TV has been been good for me is is we have a lot of uh, liberty people here. I think we have a I don't know if it's a competing free state project, but we have the sort of version of a free state project. It's true. There is I the don't know free exactly state. How it works. Yep, there is the free state Wyoming. I think they've got a, like a hundred members. I don't know. They don't. They don't track their member numbers on their website, so there's no way to really say for sure. I think they had 75 okay. people at their their convention that they had. We you know, we brought we had hundreds here, and uh, th- I mean this okay. is the the biggest yeah. of of them all. God bless doubt. them. They're not doing anything in co- that's that's competing with uh, the you know the what what's going on here in New Hampshire. I, the Liberty just, Activists that are moving here. I haven't heard anything. I mean about what's going on in Wyoming. I know there is such a, a movement. Uh, but when the Free State Project in, the, in New Hampshire was in its early days, the early movers were really getting out there and doing some really noteworthy things, civil disobedience and that kind of thing. And, the, and that that has continued and gotten bigger. I mean, there have been there's been topless civil disobedience. There's been uh, there's been marijuana civil disobedience at this point. All kinds of all manner of different things that have been going on up here. That's just absolutely incredible. And I I definitely would invite you because you're you're one of the doers. I mean, you're out there putting out a a very principled message in a in a in a format that is going to be great for young people to absorb. I think that's that's really worthwhile. And we've got some wonderful media people up here. So I just wanted to you know officially extend an invitation, even though I'm not official in any way. Uh, I, I'm not part of the uh, the Free State Project board, but I am a participant in the project uh, to to go to Free State Project to learn more about it, uh, come on over to freekeen.com. That's where your video is right now, and you'll see a lot of other videos there of some of the activism that we've done here, some audio, and a great blog post. It's an amazing community of activists, so we'd love to have you up here. Yep. Well, that, that would be great. I mean, I, it's definitely on my list. Only and problem is there aren't a lot so. of TV stations here in New Hampshire. I think there's one network television I think there's affiliate? one network television uh, affiliate here. Up here, so I don't know about it. You may have okay. to create your own business. Yeah, that's, uh, that's well, a possibility. Well, yeah, like I said, I mean, I'd love to be an owner, and I, I've so, sort of realized that now, that it, it, that's where you can really make money, is, is being an owner and, and really have the freedom that, obviously, people like you and me um, want. So, Absolutely. And, and the possibility of becoming... TV is sort of... Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say TV as a media is, is sort of... It's sort of not on its last leg, but it's not going to last forever. No, certainly and I think not. The internet is the future of, of pretty much everything. And I always tell people here, you know, the internet is what's going to save the world. Absolutely, it's the number one reason why we're here. I concur. Uh, that's why we're doing this show. We wouldn't be able to. We would never have been able to get this show through the the regular channels of getting on radio stations without the internet uh, to help build us up. 
essentially from the ground level. It's really been amazing for us, and it's why we're connected with you and why we've talked to so many different wonderful people over, over time on this uh, this program, and it's really helping get the message out. So uh, so thank you again for uh, you know everything that you, you've done at this point, and hopefully we'll see more videos from uh, from Nima V. I'm a subscriber of the, uh, the YouTube channel, and I know that it's actually not your first uh, liberty-oriented rap song. Is it one of my uh, producers was looking around your MySpace page and found another one about Obama or something like that? Yeah, I, I did one during the election last year. Um, I never made a video for it, um, but I did a song called Mick Bama, actually, and it was sort of um, it was sort of an attack on the two-party system, basically showing why Obama and McCain are sort of two wings of the same plane. I think I said hey. um, two wings, two wings of the same bird of prey. I think other people have used. Absolutely right, Nima V. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on the air with us here tonight. I'll put you on hold for just a moment. Talk to you off the air. Uh, wow, cool stuff. Head over to freekeen.com, see the video, and pass it on to some young people you know that like, you know, rap, because it's great. We're on the way. Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. The 20 franc has been made and trusted worldwide. They're about a fifth of an ounce of gold, easily carried on your person in case of emergencies, untracked by the government, of a size that one can do business with. Who would turn down a 100-year-old gold coin? Get them for $233 a piece. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same as it is for one coin as it is for 20. So try to get as many as you can at once. 877-857-9938, gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want by dialing toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including the bulletin board system, over 490,000 posts. Lots to talk about. Serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. Republicmagazine.tv. Are you missing the real news? Get informed and stay informed with Republic Magazine. Get your free digital copy now or order a a print subscription at republicmagazine.tv. That's republicmagazine.tv. And you can see our quarter age uh, quarter page ad on the uh, inside front cover this month very good we go to your phone calls about what you want alico is in new mexico you're on free talk live hello alico hi aleko how you doing aleko what's on your mind tonight well um i wanted to talk to you about um social ostracism yes sir um yeah because you know i'm kind of new to the anarchy scene um, uh, but I, but, and it's one of the things I've been struggling with is, is you know, crimes and, you know, people, you know, it, when, when there's no courts and things, people's reputations being very important to them and everything. Sure. I, I, would, I, I would consider it the free market uh, place scene, not the anarchy scene. Uh, anarchy sounds so chaotic and, and dangerous. Um, yeah, but I, I know what you're saying, but I kind of like calling myself an anarchy because it gets people to listen to me. <laughs> Maybe. But, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> that seems like a libertarian macho flash to me. Yeah, but. you could also say I have a bomb in my shirt. <laughs> you know, and people will listen to you. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what kind of good it'll do you, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> anyway. But anyway, so, so, so I kind of had a re- re- revelation today when I was thinking about this because, 
you know, somebody was telling me that they don't want to make a Facebook account because, you know, they don't want their information online. And, and I started thinking that that's not necessarily a bad thing. And I kind of wish that everybody had a Wikipedia entry. Like mm-hmm. when you meet someone, you could just kind of look him up and see, you know, what he's been doing and, you know, who, who he's been, you know, if he has three kids and stuff and save a lot of trouble. Well, there certainly people. are people. Uh, I mean, certainly you can Google if you're doing – if you're, for instance, in a, a human resources department, a lot of people are Googling their applicants' names just to, just to see what comes up. Certainly some people are going to reveal – some things are going to be more revealed on other people than others would be with – some others, but uh, you, so you're going to get a random amount of uh, results depending on who you're dealing with and how internet connected they are. But there are right, but services that do allow for reputation ratings on the internet. They they do exist. Yeah, and I think and I think they're going to get more. There's going to be more and more of them. I mean, I, I know more about like Jack Nicholson's life be, more than my grandfather's because mm-hmm. you know he has a Wikipedia page. I know about his early life and things like that. And I think you know I, I've been listening to a lot of West Bertrand. He has a um. I think he's on another podcast. But yep, he's uh, Complete Liberty, yeah. which is a great program. We air it on the Liberty Radio Network at libertyradionetwork.com. Yeah, he's really great. I like him a lot. And, and, you know, he has a really good optimistic view. He thinks we'll see complete liberty, you know, in our lifetime. And I, and I really like thinking that. You possible. might as well. I mean, you might yeah, as well I, believe that. If you're wrong, you're wrong, right? But if you're, <laughs> you, otherwise, yeah, exactly. you should believe it because it could become reality. But, but like you guys were just saying, I think the Internet's the key. I think that's the way people are going to be able to check up on each other. I mean, if you, if you have a Wikipedia entry saying that you're the child molester, you know, that's, you know, people could just look you up. And that, I think that's kind of where the future is going. It's well, already there for the celebrities. You know, it's it's going to be, have to, it's gonna have to be a little more than just Wikipedia, because Wikipedia is sort of an open thing that anybody can go and edit, whereas I think that on a, like a reputation ratings site, you would have the, the opportunity to respond to accusations that are, that are made against you, essentially. And there would have to be a system there to filter out the, the crap. Uh, basically, because there's a very good chance... Your ex-girlfriend's chance. not going to say some very nice stuff about you in certain instances, you know? Yeah, depending. And, and she may change her mind later, but, you know, how's that going to go? In, in in the eBay style, once it's up there, it's up there, you know? Yeah, but but with this Web 2.0, you know, like Ian said, you have a chance to respond. I mean, maybe if you could just have a little comment saying, comment saying oh, she's a liar, and then people can judge for themselves. I mean, well, yeah, you can link over to her right reputation. Now. You could link over to her reputation yeah, exactly. page and <laughs> see what people think anyway, about yeah. her. But it's definitely something that the marketplace can handle. What we're talking about here is we're on the periphery of an idea that really is just starting to, I think, take shape uh, as far as what's available out there. And obviously one website would probably end up becoming more prominent than, than the rest, or there would maybe be a handful of prominent ones, sort of like there are a handful of credit bureaus uh, today that are fairly well-received. Re- well yeah, sure, credit. Yeah, and, see, and I think that's why it's more possible now and in the future than it was in the past to have complete liberty because I th- there there is ways to check up on each other and there is ways to you know have put your reputation on the line whereas before you know you could just move to the next town and nobody would know you or something like that I, I think that you know you could I, still I'm, do I'm that honest. you could I mean there could still be options for privacy in a free marketplace just depending on who you're who you're dealing with and and what kind of levels of uh, of privacy they are willing to accept from you. In order to get a job at a, a a company with a name, you may have to have some sort of uh, some private certification or private identification that certifies you are who you claim to be. But at the same time, if you want to live in a seedy trailer park, there may be a chance that you're not going to have to uh, show too many papers in that case. So it would all it would all end up depending on what uh, the marketplace was demanding. Sure. 
Yeah, and, that's, that's true. And, any other thoughts? I, know, I, I, like I, I just, I just, I just got really optimistic about it today. You should be. You might as well be optimistic. (laughs) It's so easy to be pessimistic in this particular world that we live because there's so much bad news. There's so much to talk about where the government is uh, increasing in size and scope and intrusiveness and oppressiveness and expense. And there's just we can spend all kinds of time discussing that, but it's important to have solutions. It's important to have ideas for the future, and it's important to focus on those and move toward them in whatever ways possible, which is, of course, one of the reasons why we're such big promoters of the Free State Project on this show, because it seems like the, the most obvious no-brainer thing for liberty-minded people to do is let's get together, because if we can get together and we can have people who are optimistic like yourself, and, and this I think this is a pretty optimistic show in general, uh, people getting together with that optimism, it'll spread, uh, new ideas will be generated, and new action will come out of that, and we'll achieve liberty sooner rather than later than if we're all spread out throughout uh, the world. Yeah, I think so, and I think, I think the Free State Project is pretty genius. So have you and signed up? I, I, I um I have not signed up, but um. What's I it going to take, Aleko? What's the point of signing up? Move to New Hampshire. You should sign up, Mark. Aren't you trying to hit yeah. that twenty thousand mark? I don't care about the twenty thousand mark <laughs> you, anymore. You don't care anymore. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it going to take, Aleko? Um, I, I guess just the nerve. I mean, I I, I just I, I'm kind of that. I, well, I mean, I'm I'm one of those when in a big Greek family type situation and you know it, it would raise a lot of eyebrows there are hopefully. Greeks up here I'd like to point out <laughs> yeah, so okay. there's okay. Uh, Athens pizza just down the street here it's fine food I'm sure it is Greeks make so is it the family that you are you concerned with what your family will will think or I'm not I guess I'm not clear yeah I guess I am which is pretty lame I know and and, and I'm making a pretty good living where I am right now um, well, nothing's lame if that's so, what's right for you. If if that's yeah. what's right for you is to stay with the family and and make a good living, then that's great. Um, for me, I can make a living, you know, somewhere else, and I've chosen my family here in New Hampshire. To to me, you know, the family are the people that that you choose, and obviously people d- disagree on this. People, a lot of people have very strong ties to their family. I don't have those, um, and and it would be easier too if your family hated freedom too. I don't know what, how your family feels about uh, the the ideas of liberty. Mine mine don't necessarily hate freedom, uh, but my mom certainly doesn't get it, and she doesn't like to talk to me about it. So I, you know would like to be around people yeah. that I like to discuss these things with and that that, that do appreciate it. So thanks for the yeah, call. Mine are, mine are yeah. coming around. Um, they're, they're, yeah. um, well, then <laughs> yeah. they should move with you. You guys could come up here and open up a restaurant. That would be great. Um, however, Greeks also trade off uh, a progeny, um, and uh, so the, you know they could trade off a you know a daughter for a son. You guys can marry off, and uh, so we could trade you a here. socialist or something, right? We could trade a. It happens. If there was a socialist Greek up here, we could send him down to New Mexico and maybe do a swap. What do you think about that, Aleko? <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm down. I don't really want a socialist hanging out with my family, though. But <laughs> I see. All right, man. Hey, thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. Something to think about for the future. 800-259-9231. I don't disparage anybody for staying where they are. You should do whatever's right for you. For me, moving for liberty, that's what it's all about. Uh, achieving liberty in my lifetime, I'll do whatever it takes to uh, to make that happen. If there was a better movement somewhere else, I would be giving that some serious consideration. But there isn't. This is it. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. This 
is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. And uh, so enjoy those on us. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com. And again, jump on board, get perks like access to the Amp Only Call-In Lines chat room, forum, the commercial-free podcast. It's all there for you at amp.freetalklive.com. Sickle CAI and the principal over there, Jason Osborne, Free Talk Live is here because of them and their generosity and sponsoring the show for, it's going on three years now. Uh, Sickle CAI, if you know somebody who has a business or you have one yourself and looking for somebody to handle your accounts receivable, collections, billing, those kind of things, Sickle CAI can do it. And their banners at freetalklive.com. See it at the top of the right-hand side of the page. All right, so we uh, continue here. We'll take your calls about anything, but we're talking about the Free State Project and, Mark, how you and I made the move back in uh, three years ago from Florida here to New Hampshire. And it's just been a, an amazing experience so far. And it's because people are getting together and they're getting active, and it's making a difference. Back when I was in Florida, and I was uh, an activist down there working with the Libertarian Party at the time, I, I have since resigned from the Libertarian Party, but at the time I was doing that, and I was doing outreach for them and setting up all kinds of events. And pretty much if the Libertarian Party was doing something between the year 2000 and 2005-ish, uh, it's because of me setting stuff up. I mean, it was you pretty were very much active. me doing that. And it was like pulling teeth, trying to get people to show up for these things in many cases. some There was a, there was a couple of hardcores that you could Including count on. Me. Yeah, uh, as far as pulling teeth? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there was a couple hard cores that you could count on, but otherwise it was pretty difficult to put put together volunteers. I was pulling from a relatively small group of, of folks. It's such a different story up here because there are so many liberty-minded people here. So many activists have moved here, and they're looking for things to do because not everybody's a self-starter. Not everybody is the uh, the person who comes up with the, hey, let's do this. And, and kind of starts the ball rolling. But whenever someone comes here and is a self-starter, someone like Big Mike, who just showed up in Manchester a couple weeks ago, yeah. Big Mike said, all right, Manchester needs a civil disobedience scene. He moved there and became the civil disobedience scene. He went into uh, this, the police department carrying a piece of uh, cannabis in his hand, showed it to them through the window, and said he wanted to talk to an officer, and they never sent anybody out to uh, <laughs> They sent one cop to yell at him for sitting on, uh, yell at one of the people that was there for sitting on one of the shelves, I guess, or... Uh, Sitting in an area he wasn't supposed to sit, but they didn't actually send anyone out to deal with the fact that the, that uh, Big Mike had cannabis in his hand. So, but people came out for that. He announced it. He said, "I'm going to do this at this time at this location. Come out if you want to." And people came out. They brought video cameras and they they backed him up. If Big Mike had tried to do that down in Sarasota, Florida, or likely wherever it is you live, if marijuana what would have happened? If marijuana hasn't been decriminalized or something like that, where you live, if Big Mike had tried that. He'd have gone to jail, most likely, and nobody would have known about it, and nobody would have been able to would have been able to help him out. No one had, would have cared. Had Big Mike been arrested in this case, and he wasn't, 
But had he been arrested, the activists would have swung into action as they have done with uh, with other activists who've been arrested for uh, civil disobedience and, and non-cooperation and things like that, and backed him up, written him letters in jail, called the jail and asked them to release him. All kinds of just amazing things. Made a heck of a lot of noise. Yeah, sure. happened here, and that's why people uh, like this guy, a New ha- a Northampton borough man, the story from LehighValleyLive.com who claimed he was exempt from state laws, defended him himself uh, on a drunken driving charge in Northampton County Court. Scott Allen Whitmer claimed Tuesday that he was a sovereign, which prompted Northampton County, uh, County Judge Leonard Zito to reset Whitmer's bail. The judge also ordered he not be released from prison until drug, alcohol, and psychological evaluations were completed. Nice. So if you live in... So if you claim to be a sovereign, a sovereign. individual... In Lehigh Acres, is that in uh, Fort Myers? Um, not clear. LehighValleyLive.com. Northampton, wherever that is. Colorado. <laughs> Doesn't mean anything to me. Um, if you, you know, if you claim that there, in no, New Jersey, this, in front of this, this <laughs> judge. Um, well, he's gonna throw. He's gonna think you're crazy. Yeah. A- apparently, you are. A psych you, evaluation. If, if you believe that you own your body and that you're in charge of your life, you are sufficiently deviated from the norm in the United States of America to be considered crazy. I think he's absolutely right. The judge. The guy is, in fact, crazy. (laughs) I'm crazy. You're crazy. Well, that's just it. Because the world is full of slaves, dogs, serfs, and sheep. And the judge, judge is just one of them. Somebody like this guy. Now, I don't know if he was really driving drunk or not. I'm not sure what the situation there is. If he was endangering other people, then, yeah, I do have a problem with that. But I bring this up because he used the sovereign claim in court. And it's something that has been discussed on this program. It's something that I find very interesting and intriguing. But I also understand that if you do something a judge doesn't like, he'll, he'll put you in a jail cell. It doesn't matter in many cases what you say. What matters, what we've seen matters, I think, here in New Hampshire, is what we've seen matters is that you have people on your side. That's one of the the factors that I think has allowed some of the activists here, not everybody that does non-cooperation gets away with it, but it has allowed uh, some of the activists up here in New Hampshire to literally walk out of a courtroom on something like a speeding ticket, for instance, and be found not guilty, or have the judge... In the case of Nick Ryder, one of the activists here who has actually been found not guilty of speeding, he went to a trial for disorderly conduct for standing in a court lobby after people were ordered to disperse. He was in a public place. He was arrested for disorderly conduct, went to trial, defended himself, and then the judge said he was going to take it under advisement and issue a decision later. More than a month went by. More than a month and a half, maybe even two months, almost, went by since the uh, the trial date. Not a word from the judge until this week. Oh, really? Found out charges been dismissed. Now, you explain that to me, Mark. Have you ever heard of the state dismissing a charge after the trial? No. Normally, it's before the trial. Normally, the prosecutor says, oh, we're, we're going to dismiss this charge. In many cases, it's right before the trial. We've had a couple of the activists here have shown up to their uh, scheduled trials to be told by the prosecutor, we've decided to dismiss your charge. Thanks for taking your day off from work and spending time driving here yeah. and spending all your time. You know, you don't have to be here. Goodbye. Normally, that's where, where the charge will be dismissed. It'll be, be dismissed right before the trial, or they'll send you some paperwork in advance just saying, look, we've dismissed this. Don't show up. How many times? Has anybody ever heard of this? Having a judge dismiss a charge. And I presume it was the judge. It must be the judge after trial, right? Because the prosecutor can dismiss it prior to the trial. But how could the prosecutor dismiss a charge after the, the trial? 
has to be the judge. It had to be the judge. We haven't gotten the paperwork and the details so on no this So no acquittal, yet. just a dismissal. No acquittal, no guilty. Just just a dismissal. We're just, yeah, just going to blow this off, brush this away from our little uh, He took it docket. under advisement and then dismissed it. Yeah. Two months later. Bizarre. So we, we're getting some very bizarre and very interesting uh, results here that if you tried this stuff where you are, if you tried going into a courtroom and saying, well, look, I don't agree with extortion, so I'm not paying, you would likely not have the same kind of success. And if you disagree with me, please prove me wrong. They might try- I, no, no, no. <laughs> I want you to go into your court uh, courthouse next time you get a ticket and prove me wrong that you have as yeah. a good a chance of getting something dismissed or disappeared or forgotten about or uh, decided not guilty as the activists here in New Hampshire. Prove me wrong. Some amazing things have happened. Yeah, and it's only going to get better. We've had entire courtrooms I, sitting I for judges in, in, entirely, and you know one of the uh, one of the ways that uh, you know we were saying about the twenty thousand number, uh, you know, uh, for the the free the free state project previously in the last segment, and this is uh, sort of the one of the reasons that I'm just kind of uh, you know dismissed the twenty thousand number is because what matters is moving to New Hampshire, getting active for liberty, mm-hmm. doing something for liberty, signing up. A list on an internet on the internet, you know, somewhere, it really just doesn't do much of yeah. anything. Um, so it was here, a good idea originally. I think that the concept of getting twenty thousand people in the same place eventually it will get right. to twenty. 000. Well, they shot they, the the numbers shot up in the the early portion very very quickly, but uh, you know it it just kind of petered off after that. It's been going up faster now, but you know they, they've got some they've got some people working on it. But two thousand people. In New Hampshire, activists moving to New Change Hampshire everything. would be far more than is Assuming necessary. Assuming that the you, number that they have correct now is about 750 movers uh, is correct. 2,000, if that number, that, that counter were to get up to 2,000, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know how many actual movers that would be. Because I know people that have moved here for the uh, for the activism that's going on in New Hampshire but haven't signed up for the Free State yeah. Project. Uh, there's I don't know how many of them there are, but there's certainly a quantity of them. And that doesn't count the New Hampshire And those natives. people are doing more than the people who signed up for the Free State project are doing yeah that right certainly there is certainly a wide range of uh, levels of activism it's yep. whatever is appropriate for you in your life obviously you've, if you've got priorities and doing things you've got to pay the bills right uh take care of the family but there's a lot going on here and it just the dynamics change when you get people on your side i support you going into the courtroom and saying you're a sovereign absolutely support that that's great you should believe that you're a sovereign and there's nothing wrong with asserting that you're a sovereign but don't think it's going to keep you some some sort of magical potion uh, words that are going to keep you out of a jail cell if you want to get stay out of a jail cell the best likelihood is here in new hampshire even that's not a guarantee have you heard of the millionaire patriot you should he has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes and the millionaire patriot is paying his own money to help you get it this is real thousands have already taken advantage of it and you should too don't miss out secure a front sight defensive handgun course plus 30 state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar and get your free handgun go to frontsight.com today that's f-r-o-n-t-s-i-g-h-t.com go to frontsight.com for your training and free handgun 
into the third hour of the program and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Again, freetalklive.com. Story uh, from the New Hampshire Free Press, which I don't know if this is written for them, but it's by Jacob Halbrook, and it's about pacifism which at one time I never would have considered myself a pacifist, but now I feel like I'm borderline. Yeah, I'm kind of going there myself. And so I just wanted to share what uh, Jacob here has to say about his you know, position on the issue of pacifism, uh, because maybe it'll help clear something up for you, maybe it'll help clear something up for me, and certainly you're welcome to comment or bring up anything at 800-259-9231. He says, What I am depends largely on who's asking me in the context of the conversation. Sometimes I'm an anarchist, sometimes a pacifist, sometimes a libertarian, sometimes a Tolstoyan Christian, sometimes I'm a, even a Ron Paul Republican. These may seem highly disparate labels, but I hope there's one common thread in each, advocacy of peace and nonviolence, opposition to war and government. The exact term I use in any particular conversation would depend on the topic and who I'm talking to. The most or two most pro-government people debating national policy, Ron Paul's position of ending foreign wars and dismantling most of the federal government might as well be one of an anarchist. So there's no point in bringing up subtleties of positions such as the risk of or excuse me, at the risk of visceral reactions. On the other hand, a debate among libertarians would tend to focus on what laws are just or what the maximum scope of government should be. And then there may be more to gain from distinguishing between a libertarian and an anarchist. In general, if I want to effectively communicate my attachment to nonviolence, I must put it forward in a position that meets people where they are. Yeah. The important seed to plant in all cases is this. Perhaps I should not seek to solve problems through the use of force. And indeed, that kind of uh, speaks to your tactics, Mark, about uh, essentially leaving out certain issues when you're talking to, to people like the roads and the police and that sort of thing and just focusing on other things that people can maybe get a get a grasp on a little bit more. It sounds it like seems he's got to a lot if, in common. It, it seems to me if you talk about getting rid of the government, the first thing that somebody's going to talk to you about is either the roads or the cops. And before too long, they're going to get to courts. So, uh, so the, And it also goes back to something we were talking with one of the callers about last hour, and that is that uh, he considered himself an anarchist. He likes to call himself that because he thinks it makes people pay attention to him. And I, you and I disagreed, Mark. I said I called it a libertarian macho flash. It's like essentially flashing people how big and bad you are as far as your understanding of, of freedom. It's like showing uh, them a gun, honestly. I mean <laughs> – Even if, though you're not advocating violence, I I, ironically it, enough. I've done it myself just for kicks just to see what it was like because the fact is I'm, I feel like this guy. My, uh, my political opinions are so close to what an anarchist is from the average person's viewpoint that it might as well be the same thing as far as they're concerned. Um, and, and, you know, so I've, I've said it just in company just to see what it's like. And, uh, you know, <laughs> the first thing they'll say is uh, – the first thing I can recall one guy saying is order is good. Um, as if mm. anarchist means disorder. Yeah, it doesn't mean that. But okay. So, but you see what the reaction is. Do you, I mean, do we really need to conquer these ideas in people? I've used the term voluntarist too, just to see how it worked. Mm-hmm. And at the very least, you get somebody saying, oh, "I don't know that? what that is." Yeah. <laughs> 
That's what I want. From that's one of the reasons why I've the main one of the main reasons why I've chosen it. I first I think it's far more positive. I think it uh, I think the term anarchist suggests that there's no rules, and I don't like that suggestion because I'm in favor of rules. So I think voluntarius fits me better uh, as far as it being a positive description of how mankind should interact with one another. And I can talk about it on that basis without necessarily having to delve down into the details of the issues. So I think for me it's a nice little midpoint between not pandering but also not doing a, uh, a macho flash. Anyway, let me continue with uh, Hallbrook. He says, The label that jumps right to this conclusion is pacifist, and that is the, uh, the conclusion that perhaps I shouldn't seek to solve problems through the use of force. Unfortunately, this label may be even more loaded than the term anarchist. It seems that pacifist is used almost overwhelmingly as a pejorative term when one wants to accuse another of appeasing some evildoer. Another problem I have with the term is that for most people, it emphasizes the least important positions or scale of positions. On one hand, mention of being a pacifist seems to invite a cascade of, well, what would you do questions like, what if someone attacks you or what if someone is raping your wife? On the other hand... Right, and we deal with violence every violence and the threat of violence every single day, and the vast majority of the times that you deal with that threat of violence... Um, I was just watching a, uh, a, a little a tape that my son um, you know, wanted to watch. It was Barney? On, it wasn't Barney. This no. was a VHS tape um, in this particular case, and I think it was on uh, space and stuff like that. Okay. But very you know, simple toddler stuff. So he's old enough to choose what he wants to watch at this point? Yeah. Uh, he, this was what was, I think, put in. Um, gotcha. You know, he's, he, he does like Barney, though. Okay. Um, but he, Who doesn't? Uh, yeah. But Barney's great stuff, mind you. I, I, I think it's good stuff. <laughs> I recommend Barney for anybody. Um, but, however, right there at the front of the kids thing, they've got this FBI threat. You know? Yeah. You, you, <laughs> if, war, if you do so much as uh, show this to four people in the same house right. and uh, get a cup of coffee out of them, right. you're going to prison for 10 years or whatever it is. It's this you know, this stupid threat that everybody has to see sure. every time somebody wants to view a movie. And there they are conditioning it from the very beginning. You deal with threats of violence every single day and... The first thing they're going to ask a pacifist was, what if somebody busts into your house with a shotgun and rapes your wife right there in front of you? You're not going to right. do That's never <laughs> happened to me. However, the government threatens me every day. So yeah. let's talk about reality and not about fantasy when it comes to, to, to fat pacifism, as far as I'm concerned. And what would a pacifist do in that situation? They don't know. They've never been in it, right? Sure, they don't know. What will you do? That's the instance. You can't predict. I I have no idea what I would do. I I, I took a vow to my wife to protect her. It would seem to me that I have to do that. you know, at the same time, it's my goal to minimize harm. Um, it's I would, if I were to minimize harm, I would want to minimize harm first to the person who has done nothing wrong, and then to the person, um, you know. But I would still want to minimize harm for the person who has done something right. So if I have to, uh, you know, take a shotgun and blow the legs out of some guy who's raping my wife, I'm willing to do that in order to prevent harm. But I don't can really consider that violence. I consider that stopping what's going on. You know. On the other hand, some people don't interpret pacifism on such a personal level, but instead on the opposite scale of human interaction, government relations. To them, pacifism means nothing more than the foreign policy of Switzerland. Their challenges would be more like, well, what about Hitler? Labels are abstractions, and as a result, they must leave out details and can never be perfect. Given the challenges of the term, however, I still suppose pacifists to be the best abstraction of my beliefs. This term means, for me, a radically different approach to moral and ethical issues than is otherwise common, even by most anarchists and libertarians. 
It seems uh, seems to me that the misguided approach is to seek to divide all possible actions into hard categories, good or bad, for moral questions, and proper or improper for ethical questions. We try to derive the just outcome for any scenario as if any interaction can be approached dispassionately and judged according to some objective laws that have been formerly derived. I disagree with this approach. I believe the alternate approach embodied by pacifism is this. Do not seek justice, but rather love and compassion. This statement forms the core of my beliefs, says Holbrook, though I would not be so attached to these particular words or sequence thereof to say it's the best statement or not open to semantic quibbling as all statements must be. I also don't wish to make this statement some sort of axiom from which to derive correct actions or subsequent moral laws. That would be to miss the point entirely, which is to say that the whole approach of deriving just laws is flawed, and that instead we might rely on more spiritual, personal, and religious guidance in deciding what we are to do. The desire to, be re- to replace justice with love means that one builds voluntary relationships based on cooperation and mutual benefit, rather than relationships based on coercion and force. And, you know, just to interrupt there for a moment, the story, uh, the article, at, uh, which is, by the way, at NewHampshireFreePress.com. I can remember when I wanted to see justice. Yeah. You know, I wanted to see uh, the politicians bleeding, or I wanted to see them in a, a jail cell or something like that, some sort of violent retribution, a payback, if you will, against them for all of the horrors that they've inflicted upon mankind. When I, when I hear some awful story in the news, I still feel that. Mm. I still feel the sort of vigilante kind of, yeah, kind, of, kind of feeling yeah. where I would like to see somebody pay for what's been done wrong. And I would like to say that the root word of vigilante is vigilance. But, um, but an eye for an eye. Makes the whole world blind. Yeah, and it's it's just not going to work. Right. Uh, The idea uh, that I've come to now is an idea of forgiveness and compassion and love and understanding that uh, these people, they believe, many of them believe they're doing the right thing. The government people, of course. We'll continue this discussion here in a few moments. Take your calls as well about what you want. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live, you can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, and they include the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, all you need to do is click and download. They are yours free. Front page of the website, freetalklive.com. Now is the time for you and your family to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Frontsite.com pro- offers just such training without any military uh, mentality or drill instructor attitudes. You can secure a Frontsite defensive handgun course today, plus the corresponding 30-state concealed weapons permit and a free handgun. Go to Frontsite.com today. That's Frontsite.com. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and we're talking about pacifism here on the program. Uh, NewHampshireFreePress.com, Jacob Hallbrook is writing about his thoughts on the issue, and and I'm I'm kind of a newbie uh, to to the whole pacifism scene, and a couple years ago, I thought pacifism was insane. You know, and of course, I went to the the questions, the inevitable questions of, well, what about if somebody's raping your wife, et cetera, et cetera, as uh, as my excuse to uh, to reject the ideas. And now I've come closer than ever to calling myself a pacifist. I don't know if I've crossed the line quite yet, but I'm certainly flirting uh, with the idea. And as you'd pointed out, Mark, 
those scenarios, you believe it's if you were to act in a manner that used the, uh, the you know that used responsive force that used defensive force against somebody in the raping wife uh, rape of the wife situation you would be doing it not to extract justice but to stop the violence from occurring preventing harm I, this Prevent all, you know harm. I, i'm preventing harm for uh, you know everyone involved think for a second um that you know a, a person who's doing an act like that uh, you know their life is going to be worse if they complete it too so you're you're also helping them by preventing them from uh, you know continuing on an, an act. I'm not going to shoot somebody who has my TV in their hands in the back as they're running down my driveway. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not worth it. No, just not going to do it. Uh, absolutely, I'm with you there. So so what uh, Jacob is talking about, or Halbrook is talking about in this story, is that he doesn't seek justice, but rather seeks love and compassion. And I think there are a lot of people in the liberty movement that are of the justice-seeking type. Yeah, they're very it, angry. Well, and I would include myself in that, um, uh, that 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 category. I'm trying to get out of it, but it's a it's a tough place to live. Well, nothing worth doing is easy, right? I mean, it's not an easy process. It's, I, as I've said before, I, I consider this uh, kind of a spiritual journey, right? I mean, we have these uh, these thoughts and these ideas that we should not be acting on, things like getting uh, revenge and, and that sort of thing, uh, g- getting even with somebody, eye for an eye. These thoughts come through our minds, and it's important for us to be aware of them and to put them aside and focus on what we think is right and what i think is right is is forgiveness and and love and compassion and that's where i've now changed my mind about trying to get even with the government bureaucrats i think that we can have success at showing them that we want them to change that we don't want to throw them in jail cells as they've been doing to us that's not going to solve the problem what what i think should be done is those people the government people should be cared about they should be shown appreciation for the things they do right. They should be encouraged to do the right thing, like law enforcement officers ignoring stupid laws, laws that harm others, that sort of thing. Encourage them to do the right thing. Show them the ideas of liberty. Uh, encourage them to come on board with these ideas. Sh- transition over to the voluntary society. If people, If the government people would just stop acting in a violent manner then we would have the voluntary society. We wouldn't need to lock anybody up in a jail cell to achieve that. Right, and what you've got to, and you also have to look at it this in the, sort of the the continuum that it is, the rabbit hole that one can go down um, here. If if a person who works for the government, if a person who's extracting the wealth, say the I, works for the IRS or mm-hmm. or for the military or something like that, that um, you know, or the the police, those people are sort of the front line in uh, you know controlling the populace in one form or another. Well, if those people are guilty, or or for for that matter, if the politicians in Washington, anybody who's been a politician and voted for bad laws, if you can hold those people responsible, um, then the next step up is sort of the you know the bureaucrats that don't get their hands dirty quite the as clerk, much. The clerk, the city clerk. The, the, the accountants, the uh, yeah, you know, even those social welfare workers that actually sort of do some good, even kind of, you know, what I mean, uh, the the trash Street crew, yeah, the trash collectors and the fire uh, firefighters, those kind of people. What about the people with government contracts? That's the next step right? up. Those those people that work exclusively for the government, sort of on a contract basis. Those people who have worked somewhat for the government on a contract basis. Those people who've accept um, accepted uh, welfare in some form or another. Um, people who pay of, taxes. Pe- Pell grants. Um, you know, all these things. I've we, we have now just have paid taxes. If yeah. you've paid one penny to the government, you're guilty. Them. Okay, yeah. so now we've got 
100% of the population of the United States included Plus, here. Close. If, if it's not the entire thing. Yeah. Um, it would have to be, it'd be a rare person that's never paid anything Big in taxes. Bigfoot. Um, right. <laughs> the Unabomber. Um, <laughs> no, he would work for the military. Whatever. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just coming up with somebody who lives yeah. in the woods. So You'd have to live in the woods from birth. Yeah, pretty much from birth. No social security number. The whole deal. Right. I mean, you know, real, real, uh, real true son of Zion there. Um, so... You know, now that you've got everybody in this uh, this basket, let's go ahead and forgive everyone. Absolutely, because that's how you move ahead. That's because what, that's how you move on. Think about it. If you've um, if if you're going to condemn everybody who's uh, you know helped the government apparatus in some way, um, or you're you, going to be or, getting justice for a long time. Right. If you if you pick some line, people below this line, uh, you know, the people that were politicians or in the military or the cops or you know whatever, um, how are you going to get those people on your side? You need a certain level of the population to kind of understand the ideas of liberty and to... We're going to put you all in jail! Liberty, baby! Come on over to our side! You deserve punishment! Yeah. No. No. There's not, work. There's, there's not a system that, that sells. I want to finish this up here from Halbrook. We'll take your calls about anything. Uh, he says that he's talking about the desire to replace justice with love. And he says it means that one builds voluntary relationships based on cooperation and mutual benefit rather than relationships based on coercion and force. It means that one tries to serve others without demanding anything in return and without ever feeling that one is owed anything. It means that one does not seek to build great material wealth and that one should not prepare to violently defend the wealth one possesses. The desire to replace justice with love also means rejecting, through non-cooperation and non-violent resistance, all human institutions of government and law that enforce their decrees through violence. It means rejecting any institution that would systematize the use of force. In any case, this is what being a pacifist means to me, and there are some of the ideals I strive toward. I'm far from perfect with practicing pacifism. I become angry and have bad thoughts. I pray, uh, pay an uncomfortable amount of tax money to governments. I can wish ill upon my enemies. I'm sure there are situations where I might be moved to act violently. However, I view practicing pacifism as a process of self-improvement. You don't just step right in to the deep end on pacifism. It's a, it's a, it's a growing process. For me, this requires constant meditation and self-awareness. I might not always know the way, but sometimes I at least see the next step. 800-259-9231. It reminds me of the, uh, remember that website we had that guy on to talk about where everyone was taking a pledge to, I forget what it was called now. It was like a very kind of spiritual. Take the vow. Take the vow. Who was the guy behind that? Was it Deepak Chopra? You you take the vow. It was Deepak Deepak Chopra. Yeah. And this is a guy who's a pretty practiced dude on the whole spirituality thing. Yep. And even he was admitting on that website that he still feels anger towards the news when he hears the news about terrible things happening. He still feels anger. So this is a man who has far more years of practice and meditation than I do. And uh, and he still feels it. So it's just about being aware of what you're thinking and being conscious of it. And, and being aware that violence really doesn't solve problems. Absolutely not. Very well. not. More on the way here. You take control. Violence begets more violence. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Juicy Juice, creators of the Juicy Juice Brain Development and Juicy Juice Immunity Fruit Juice Beverages. For more information, visit us at JuicyJuice.com. When it comes to staying healthy, the digestive system is a great place to start. It's 70% of the immune system. Look for kid-friendly foods that are high in fiber, like popcorn and yogurt. Prebiotic fiber helps the good bacteria in the gut flourish, while simple sugars like high-fructose corn syrup only help the bad, leading to bloating and discomfort. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. This is Free 
Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Whether you want to talk about pacifism, uh, uh, justice versus peace, forgiveness and understanding, uh, whatever is on your mind goes, if you make the call. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features. They're all free. The Shrine of Female Listeners is one of those features. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com. And you can see the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo or video proving they listen to the show at shrine.freetalklive.com. Okay, um, new advertiser here. Uh, Free Talk Live has teamed up with M&S Press to offer you... This is the only complete writings of Lysander Spooner. If you're interested in buying this very rare set of books, you already know who Lysander Spooner is and how influential he was in the liberty movement that we have today. I mean, if you don't know who Lysander Spooner is, go and look up No, no Treason. That's yeah. a great little short one sure. that you can get into. And he's he's somebody who is very iconoclastic, especially for his time, I imagine. Yep. Um, somebody who will basically point out that this whole Constitution thing is a bunch of malarkey. Yeah. And I was somebody who once was a constitutional dude, and Lysander Spooner just makes so much sense. He's it point- still has a special place in my heart, but yeah. you know, I, I've got to kind of agree with Lysander on uh, what he says. He says, in in a nutshell, and this is you can get six volumes of this, but uh, in a nutshell, that the, you know, the Constitution either has approved or authorized the tyranny that we have, or it has been powerless. To prevent it, pick your pick. So, go ahead. Um, anyway, uh, let's see. This uh, Lysander Spooner was influential in the liberty movement. He was anarchist, philosopher, abolitionist, entrepreneur, and mailman. You can purchase his 2,800 page. Six-volume set bound in library-quality wow. hardcover. It will be delivered to your door. For $335, just go to spooner.freetalklive.com. I know what the webpage says. I understand that it's a guy who has, you know, that it's, it's, it's running this. Uh, he doesn't, you know, update pages quite well. Trust me, it's $335. And uh, go to spooner.freetalklive.com. To get your six, was it six volumes? Six volumes. It's amazing. If Obviously, this isn't going to be for the Lysander Spooner newbie. This isn't this is like for, a paperback. This is nice stuff. But right? if you can imagine, this is the only radio show in America you can advertise this on and have any response. <laughs> We've already, I haven't even done the advertisement yet. I just put it on Facebook that it was available, yeah. and I've already had a big response from it. So Wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's go to your phone calls about what you want. Jeremy's in Iowa. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Jeremy. Howdy, y'all. I just wanted to call and ask what y'all got to hide. What do we got to hide? Well, if we told you, we wouldn't have it to hide anymore, would we? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, y'all are clever. I didn't didn't want to break up your peace fest, but I was listening to my what fest? uh, Peace peace fest. fest, Y'all talking about uh, pacifism. Yes, sir. I was listening on my son's radio. He was listening to y'all, and uh, y'all were talking about uh, how you don't like cameras to catch the bad guys. You don't want to be watched on. What are you talking about? Wait, wait, wait. Point of information. What cameras? I've said that I like private cameras, but I don't like government cameras. No, not not private. Like, yeah, the government, so that they can take care of the bad guys. I mean, y'all got homosexuals, criminals, murderers, and strippers on your show, and then you go around (laughs) saying that I don't want people to be able to see me and make sure that nobody bad guy is getting on me, and I just want to know what y'all got to have. What bad guys are you talking about? Are you talking about people running red lights? Oh, I'm talking like tourists, and tourists. you know, there's all sorts of bad guys. You got murderers and crazy <laughs> people all out there. So, so are you saying you believe that having cameras all over the streets, like they do, say in Chicago or New York or or London, for instance, is something that you appreciate? 
Yeah, it's been proven to work. They did it no, in England. It no, it hasn't. England, uh, England has lower crime rate. We have more murders that's, than our country. England had a lower, else. England had a lower crime rate than the United States before they put the cameras up, too. The uh, the British folks that you have wanna, studied this. Do you want to get rid of the guns, too? As a matter of fact, England's cracking down on knife possession. Do you want to get rid of that, too? Well, if you're not a cop, you shouldn't be carrying a weapon. Why? You're going to be fighting. What do you got to hide? Are, you're all talking about <laughs> Are you Wait a second. You I, wanna... Have you ever called 911 before? Uh, no, sir, I haven't. Okay. How long do you think it takes the police to respond? Um, I reckon maybe about a minute or two. Oh, you're wrong. I seen an accident right outside my apartment the other day, and uh, the cops and the fire truck and everyone was there, and it was cleaned up inside of 16 minutes. Yeah, that, it cleaned up? That sounds care, pretty right fast. Um, but I, I would say your That's response big, times are somewhere mess. between five and eight minutes. Those those are some pretty good response times, depending on where you are and that kind of thing. But I really, you got to ask, what do you think a guy who's, uh, you know, uh, an armed burglar, because by the way, the gun laws don't get rid of the, 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 the guns in the hands of the bad guys, is going to do to your wife inside of five minutes, dude. Yeah, but if they see him on the cameras, they're going to be there even faster. You're going to put cameras in your house, too? Sure he is. Of course. Come on. You're not real. What do you have to hide? That's what I want to know. I don't believe that you're real. You guys have homosexuals, which is a disgrace to God on your your, uh, show here. We have Dale on the show on Thursday nights. He's a wonderful man. Why is a murderer a disgrace to God? Because you're taking away the most precious gift, and that's lies. What did Paul do? I'm sorry? Paul. The Apostle Paul. You're here, You're talking about a disgrace to God. What was Paul? Oh, you busted him. He has no idea. Good Thanks for the call. Get out of here. 800-259-92. Paul? He didn't even know probably you were talking about the Bible. No. Well, what he was a, talking about a disgrace to God. Yeah. 800, right. He was trying to sound like he was all godly, but yeah. uh, I think he was putting us on. 1-800-259-9231. Though there are people, I think, that do think that way. It's very unusual that many of them hold such a firm authoritarian belief. Usually you can at least find them, the, you know, find an issue on which they will agree with you yeah, on. Something. Nobody wants the cameras in their houses. <laughs> Most people don't. Uh, you could probably find somebody, somebody somewhere. That. So toll-free number 800-259-9231. Let's continue with your calls about what you want. Ray is in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Ray. Ray. Uh, hi. How you're you doing? On, you're on the air doing great. What's on your mind? Oh, I have a question. I, I am a, a, a very 9-11 truther. I'm sorry uh, about supporter. that. And, uh, no, no, I mean, I support that. I believe that it was an inside job is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Oh, I understand uh, what you're trying to say, and I'm sorry. Okay. And um, I, I hear everybody talking about it all the time, how it is uh, what it seems it was. And Who? Wait, wait, wait. Everybody talking about what all the time? Like the... Inside job, everybody's saying that. Who is it everybody? Make sense the fact. Other radio stations, I mean. Oh, uh, you know. I see. Well, we don't really talk about that on this show unless people like you call in to, uh, to bring it up. And you're yeah. welcome, too. I mean, we've heard it all before. It's an inside job. The government's behind it. Uh, blah, 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 blah. There needs to be a new investigation. So I'm going to ask you, what do you want to do about it? I mean, let's let's presume that what you're saying is correct, and I don't know if it is or not. I don't know whose story okay. to believe. I don't know to, to believe the government or to believe you or to believe that it's aliens or whatever the hell the, the, the various different conspiracies are. But let's say that yeah. your particular brand of the story is correct. What are you okay, going to do about it? Correct. It, let's just say it's correct. Now, I, I don't know why people still try to uh, get an investigation and try to make the government say something uh, because I believe that they won't ever 
say even if it was because uh, they, I think they would go into a war because whenever they invaded the, these other countries, uh, Afghanistan and Iraq, uh, these other countries gave them permission to, you know, to airspace and and to, to attack, right? Did you understand and that, I Mark? I'm having a tough time here. Uh, I did not understand really what you were getting at. Can you rephrase that? Oh, I'm saying that if it were true, the government won't ever, won't ever admit to it. Because probably true. I believe, yep. That's probably yeah, true. You know, so what are you going to do? No, no, nothing. I'm just trying to say it. Well, wait, okay, well, what's your purpose? No, he seems to, seems to agree with you, Ian. What is your intent? As a 9-11 truther, what is your intent? What are, you, what are your goals? Well, my, I no, it was just a comment that I, I, I believe every, you know, I, I wanted to get get out there to people that believe in this conspiracy, uh, you know. Theory. I'd have to say that I have to say I agree. I think that a lot of a lot of people that believe in that conspiracy theory are coming to the conclusion that nothing is ever going to be done, and that talking about yeah. it is kind of counterproductive. But he called to talk about it. Wait, what was your point in in uh, bringing this up? Oh well, I believe. Uh, well, my. I guess I really have, didn't have a point. I was just kind of <laughs> mentioning it. <laughs> but, yeah, great show. I love you guys. Thanks. And, uh, yeah, you guys have a good night. Thanks, Ray. Appreciate hearing from you. I still don't know what he was getting at, but uh, that's okay. 800-259-9231, because we certainly had enough of the 9-11 truth talk on this program. But it is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. We'll try to sneak your call in if you make it right now. Here in the remaining moments of the program, I like to focus on the future and achieving liberty, not the past. Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything even in these remaining moments. Enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, as usual, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, and if you enjoy this program... And you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at Amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So once again, Amazon.freetalklive.com. Gold and silver have been on their way up recently, and uh, Free Talk Live set up a way that you can take advantage of some great prices on some really great uh, pieces and coins here. Just go to gold.freetalklive.com. We have uh, several different uh, types and varieties over there. I've picked them out myself. These are some of my favorites, uh, including the Lakota Nation Silver Round for $22.30. I believe this to be the most beautiful silver piece I've ever seen. It's gorgeous. Go take a look, and uh, they have a they have a layaway plan so that essentially you can put a certain amount of money every week or every other week or whatever fits in your uh, your paycheck. So you can go to if you want to do that, you have to call the telephone number I'm going to give you here. But what that allows you to do is lock in the rate at um, you know today's price, low price of twenty two dollars and thirty cents. It's probably a good idea to get uh, I think it's twenty one coins or twenty coins is the the break point. It's eight seven seven eight five seven ninety nine thirty eight. 
and just ask away for the layaway plan. All right, we're going to continue taking your phone calls about anything. We'll go first to Cliff in Florida. Cliff, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, good evening, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I was listening to the first hour of the show when uh, Gene, the Christian anarchist, called, and he was um, uh, talking about, uh, I guess, uh, what he perceived to be differences between the, uh, I guess, mental differences between the races. And I thought that uh, that um, he, he blew it way out of proportion. I'm not saying that there's absolutely no differences between um, races as far as, uh, I don't know, mental capabilities. I, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is this. Um, I, I've always been good at math. I'm, I'm Okay, I'm black. It's, that wasn't obvious enough. I've always been good at math. <laughs> yes, I can testify. I've met you in person. You really are black. <laughs> and uh, I know a lot of people in my family that are really good at math, and I've known a lot of black people in my life that are really good at math. I've known a lot of black doctors, et cetera, et cetera. I yep. think it's the, the differences are more have to do with environment. It has to do with uh, where you were raised. It has a lot to do with your family. Right, I, if totally, you're raised on a I totally agree with this. If what if the differences are in existence that uh, he's talking about, and I'm, you know, I. I don't know. I, I, there, I don't. I don't know that there's any way we can ever find this out conclusively. You Some people are making these, these observations, but um, uh, you know, if if it's true, you're talking about a deviation of say a percentage point or something like that. It's it's not a big deal in the differences. The fact is, it's really about environment. It's about drive. It's what people want to do. I absolutely agree with you. And again, uh, you do have proof of it, and I'll tell you because I'm I'm proof of it. You know, like. Well, there weren't a, well, my my family's from Haiti, and we, there, weren't, there weren't a lot of you know uh, college graduates in our family prior to us coming in, coming to the U.S. Yeah. So I'm telling you, the this, the main the main reason is because of that. And obviously, you can see when you, when you take a look at some, let's say for instance, you go to a, you know what people would consider I guess trailer trash, white trailer trash neighborhoods, you'd see the exact same same thing that happens in in, in black cultures, except it's you know they're, they're coming from white culture, so you're gonna see equivalents as far as like the things that they would do, but in a, they'll do it in a different way. You know, like white, black people will do it in a, in a very ghetto way, and white people will do it in a, in a very uh, white trail trash way. Right. <laughs> Meaning that because of where they came from originally. I'd say I'd say you're but, spot on here. I mean, obviously, when you, when your family was back in Haiti, uh, were they math whizzes back then? Probably not. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they came up from. I mean, as far as like you know, and even in Haiti, we weren't doing you know horribly. I'll tell you that there were far you know many people that were living you know below our. You're lucky because you know, things are but, things yeah, really it, suck it, in it, Haiti. <laughs> Sorry? I said you're lucky because things really suck in Haiti for a lot of people. Oh, no, no, it definitely does. And again, it goes back to what I'm, what I'm saying, which is it has a lot to do with your family. And because mm-hmm. you know, I came from a family which you know they, they they figured that you know education was something that was always, always important to them. And the way you acted with other people, the way you interacted with other people was always important. You know, so I, I think that has to, uh, far more to do with it. And again, when people are adopted, you can see this this also. You know, you know, take a look at Angelina Jolie or whatever. I'm sure her kids will not turn out like. Most other African kids, you know, in, in many African countries would have turned out. And I think it has a lot to do with the environment. It's quite clear. I agree. Well observed tonight. Any other thoughts for us, Cliff? No, that's everything. Good night, guys. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And we go to Mike in Canada. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hey, Mike, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I would like to respond to the gentleman that said, um, what are you guys hiding? Yes, sir. Yes. Well, the other side of that coin that never gets mentioned is, hey, if I have nothing to hide, why should I be spied upon? Okay, if this guy really thinks that it is totally benevolent and we have nothing to worry, why doesn't he just post his credit card information and his banking information and everything about himself online if there's nothing to worry about? 
Yep. Is all you, that is how available it will become. Is all you have to do is listen to Free Talk Live for a little while, and you'll find out that the government, in fact, uses information in a nefarious fashion. It may not be the government, but people in the government are going to use that information. Um, you know, it it, it it DMVs all over America. There's people, you know, taking the information, selling it to people. Every once in a while, sure. somebody gets caught. Do you want the government having all of this information? You know, people in the government having all of this information? No, I don't even want them to know who I am or that I exist. Yeah, well, you'll, you'll probably stay safer no that way. I have no use for the government for the most part. Yep. Very little use. Well, Sensor, any other thoughts um, tonight? No, the other thing is, and, and this, uh, like I'm an American, however, I do live in Canada. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, there's a lot of reasons for that. Good ones. Guys, I think you would approve of it. At any rate, uh, here well, in all Canada, Canadians are American. This gun registry thing. I don't know if you've heard about this. A, can- a, can- a Canadian gun registry? No, I'm not. Yeah, you have to register all your guns. Handguns are completely restricted. Well, you can only use them for target practice or if you're a security personnel or something like that. When you say have to, you mean if you want to obey all their arbitrary diktats, right? Exactly. Right. Now, they on their own website, the CFC, the Canadian Firearms uh, Center, uh, they say all your information is kept private. Well, they recently sold the information <laughs> or provided it to Ecos Corporation to do a survey of gun owners. Now, everything they could possibly ask is already on the CFC's database, mm-hmm. and they have specifically and uh, intentionally violated their own mission statement and rendered the so-called gun registry as a tool of crime rather than a tool against crime. Now, wait, whose statement is this that made... Who violated their own the statement? CFC, Canadian well, Firearms Center. Oh well, no, no, no. See, keep... it's, that's a government or- organization, right? Absolutely. Right. Well, see, they they can't violate anything because they can just change their rules any time. That's how it works for them. <laughs> no, no, you laugh, but that's how it works. I know you're right. Right, I know right. You're absolutely right. Right. Any time. It's just like the. It's just like with your credit card uh, contract or your uh, your internet contract. If you look at these these big corporate contracts, which of course are not really two party contracts, there's no. There's nobody who signed their side. But if you look at their contracts, it always says something like, we reserve the right to modify this agreement at any time. And sometimes it'll say, we'll notify you with 30 days notice, or sometimes it won't. Sometimes you, it's your responsibility to just check in on the, uh, the terms of service every so often just to make sure they haven't changed on you, as though anybody has actually read any of the, uh, ter- the full terms of service on uh, a bank account or on whatever the hell uh, account they have. So the government has that same uh, prerogative. They just, you know, they'll write up something and they'll say, hey, we'll protect your privacy. And they will until they change the rules. Well, you're absolutely correct. However, in this case, the government was not aware that the RCMP had given this information out, and it has been done illegally. Now, bro. Oh, they'll yeah, they'll could, wait. Yeah, here's what I'll have. Uh, let me let me make a prediction. Uh, they'll probably single out one bureaucrat, and he'll say, "I accept responsibility for this," and then they'll pull his sword. Right. Mea culpa, mea culpa. Yep, and then they'll they'll de- they'll demote him or they'll fire they'll actually fire him to show that they mean that they're going to change things in uh, wherever the hell Edmonton. I don't know what the capital of Canada is. What is the capital of Canada? Ottawa. Ottawa. 
So Ottawa, then in, in Ottawa, they uh, you know they'll uh, they'll fire this guy and then they'll make a big show of bringing somebody new in. He is going to clean up the act here in uh, in Ottawa, and don't worry, uh, citizens, everything is fine. You could have wrote the script for these guys, yeah, because that's exactly what they'll do. That's what happens here in uh, the United States every single time. Yeah, I, I no, the, I lived there. Right, yeah. the Hurricane Katrina debacle. Uh, they singled out the, the the head of FEMA. This is probably the best, one of the best examples, one of the more recent ones. Singled out the head of FEMA. Oh, I'm so sorry. They fired him, and then a few months later, they hired him back as a consultant. So he's Mike sti- Brown. Uh, yeah, I didn't remember his name, but yeah, exactly right. So hey, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, that's just how it is, right? their system, their game, they'll run it how they want. And you'll obey. Yep. Or you'll get thrown in jail. Or you can come up here to New Hampshire and join some of us and hopefully uh, get together with other people that are sick and tired of obeying or about had enough of it. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Hello, Free Talk Live podcast subscribers. This is novelist Spencer Baum here to tell you about my new book, The Demon Queen and the Locksmith. It's a fantasy novel in the tradition of the boy wizards and vampires that have been so popular lately, but written from the perspective of a libertarian like you. My novel has all the monsters, magic, hair-raising adventures, and teen angst you've come to know and love, but unlike those other books, you'll find no glorification of life in the government schools in this story. My main character doesn't truly start learning until he ditches class and connects with some libertarian homeschoolers. And he can't go about saving the world until he sees that the conformist worldview of the modern American fails to see the truth. But don't take my word for it. Listen for yourself. For free. Open up iTunes and search for The Demon Queen and the Locksmith. I've released the first six chapters as a free podcast. Give it a listen. It's free. That's The Demon Queen and the Locksmith. I hope you enjoy.